Blog Talk Radio. Every football season, no matter the rankings, no matter the records, Miami Florida State Week revives so many memories. rivalries that define every college football season, Florida State and Miami. Touchdown Miami! Miami. Duke Johnson's gonna go! What a remarkable Houdini job by James Weston. My goodness! That was just incredible, a heart stopper at the last minute. Well, two great football teams, and this is a game where these kids know each other. There are no mysteries between these two football teams. All the tradition down there, all the households breed you to be the Florida State Seminole or UM Hurricane. football game. It's more of trying to get everybody for bragging rights. Runs away from it. Gets his pass off. Pass is complete. This could be for a national championship. It's up. Messed it to the right. Batted down. Jalen Ramsey yet again. Falls to lose on the ground. And Florida State falls on it.
Now the stage returns back to Hard Rock Stadium Saturday at 3.30 as Miami looks to erase the last ugly and embarrassing streak that Mark Richt inherited. Yeah, it's been 0-4. 0-4 since Miami's won at home in this series. It's it's not very good. It's about as bad as the you know seven losses in a row that we were dealing with going into last year's game. So <clears throat> that's a meaningful uh, bit of history that we need to kind of change the course of it. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and I welcome you once again to Canesport Live, FSU Game Edition, presented this season by Sicilian Oven with six restaurants throughout the South Florida area. At Sicilian Oven, you'll not only love the taste, you will taste the love. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. Over 100 open phone lines. You hit the one on your keypad when you call in. That puts you in the queue when we bring you on the show in the order that you landed in the queue. We once again ask subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we'll address those during the course of the broadcast tonight. So Nikozi Perry will make his second start for the Hurricanes on Saturday. And, you know, let's be honest. This one's a step up in degree of difficulty from what he faced last week against a pretty poor North Carolina team. Perry only threw the ball 12 times in that game. It's pretty safe to say that Miami will need more from him on Saturday afternoon. After watching the North Carolina game tape, FSU figures to place its defensive focus on stopping the running game with Travis Homer and DJ Dallas and forcing Perry to beat them throwing the football. It's an obvious strategy. And at that point, it's going to be up to the Miami offensive line and the backs, because remember, don't forget what happened against LSU, and Florida State's going to watch that game tape. So it's going to be up to the offensive line and the backs to protect Perry, uh, and it would seem like Miami would have an edge there with its deep stable of skilled athletes on the perimeter. So I asked Rick today, if he will have to do anything differently to prepare Perry for his first Miami FSU experience. Oh, I think we just we just teach him what to do and have him focus on his job, and that's the only thing that's productive as far as letting your mind go on anywhere other than what do I do on this play, what do I do in this coverage, what do I do, you know, in this combo play. You know, I mean, that's what he's, he's got to focus on. And the better he does his job, the more confidence he'll he'll have. So that sets the table for tonight's show. A lot to talk about. A lot of questions I know you guys have. Amon Richards, how's Nikozi Perry going to do in his first Florida State game? Is Florida State as bad as they've looked early this season? We'll get to them all as the show continues. So the number is 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. And let's begin tonight in the 786, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you, my friend? Doing great. Who's this? Hey, it's your man. It's Everything 305. Oh, you are my man. Without That's a right. doubt. 
my man. And as I long as you're not at your key, as long as you're on the phone and not at your keypad. When you're at, I, I, when you're at your keypad, you're not my man. Theory. I spread huh? truth from both mediums, and you're well aware of that, my friend. But that's okay. Let's let's get to the nitty gritty. Florida State week, the biggest week of the year for this program. We've got to win at home. There cannot be any more excuses, Gary. We've uh, got to win you, this you, game at home. You think it's it, they haven't won since this, 2004 at home in this series? You think they got to win? And, and, <laughs> of course they got to win. They got to win. They got to win, Gary. And 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 like I say all the time. CMR cannot be CMR on Saturday. He's got to be ultra-aggressive. He's got to set the tone from the very beginning, smack these guys right in the mouth, and let them know that the good old days are over. And it's tough to do this. But given the environment that we're going to have on Saturday, a lot of people from Tallahassee, they're not coming down for this game. They're not. So we're pretty much not going to have to deal with an extra 30,000 people Okay, which makes it almost like a, like an Orlando contest. This is our home base. We've got a, we've got an expected crowd well over fifty thousand from from what I'm looking at and hearing. So we better be loud. We better make sure that we are the twelfth man, and that we make everything as difficult as possible for Frenchie Boy over there, the redhead, uh, who is one tough son of a bitch. And I think you would agree to that, wouldn't you, Gary? Yeah, you remember the hits he took in the game two years ago. And he kept bounce, he kept kept jumping up and <laughs> and delivering passes on the money and you know as you know they ended up winning the game and 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 if he doesn't show that kind of toughness they don't and it's going to be hard for our young quarterback to not get caught up in the moment you know and that's why I said a while back I would have preferred if this kid would have played at Toledo and break you know break that uh, that cherry so to speak of being under the gun. Uh, and being in a very hostile environment, pressure situation, you know, it's not an ACC game. You lose, okay, you're out of the top 25, but you still make make the the advancement you need to make, which ultimately he's made anyway, uh, given that he came in the third series of FIU. But that's that's neither here nor there. Looking, at I think you got to trust Mark oh, Rick on this one. I think you got to trust Mark Rick. You know, he, he's brought this kid along. He 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 put him in there against FIU, then progressed him through North Carolina. And now he's taking him up another notch here with Florida State. We'll see what happens. But, you know, I think you just got to sometimes, you know, a co- a, I, I understand sports fans want to criticize coaches, but sometimes, you know, you got to let a coach be a coach and, and, and understand that he's making the decisions he makes for a reason. I understand that. But, but also I look at a coach and I look at your, the way you make decisions and your MO and your history and your patterns, and they've never gotten you a ring. So that's why I bring things up because ultimately he's been a part of it before as a, an assistant coach twice, I believe. But as a, as the guy in the hot chair, no, he's never done it. All but right, anyway, but how many how many coaches in college football have rings? I mean, let's be honest. Right. The, now, I mean, a very limited number, right? Yeah, and, and and when you come here with the amount of talent that's here and in your backyard. You better maximize things and use the kiss principle and keep it very simple. Take the guy in front of you and smack him in the mouth. And okay, but he's, he's only in his third season. He's early now, in his third season here. I mean, and I think you'd have to agree that they've made steady progression since he came here. And if they take care of business and do what I think they can do, which is win out, 
this would be an 11 win season, which would be even more progression. So well, well, I don't know, man. I have a hard time attacking Mark Rick right now. I know it's part of sports. I'm not, I'm not but... attacking him. I'm not attacking him. I'm just giving it for sports. Well, you do. You attack him pretty regularly, let's be honest. It's, it's, I mean, it's, you, it's, it's you take shots almost, almost every day. I mean, let's it's be calling honest. Him out. It's calling him out, Gary. That's, yeah, but calling him out for what? Per- <laughs> I, okay, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Come crunch time, when bullets are flying and it's a tough situation to deal with, he chokes. He's no, he's notorious for that. I've got tons of family in Georgia. They're all totally the same thing, tons of friends. He's never grasped the big moments. Okay, I don't want to get into it, but since you're bringing it up, SEC championship game against Alabama with Matthew Stafford. He choked the last two minutes of the game. They weren't organized. They didn't have the right formation. You know, they didn't counter. Bunch of things. Okay, let's be honest. He froze. And, and you can't take that away. Either you got the gift or you don't. And I don't think he does, but I don't care about that. Let's talk about Florida State. This is the ultimate game of matchups, in my opinion, Gary. And the first matchup that I always emphasize to all of you here is the trenches. Who is their best offense alignment, in your opinion? After watching, oh, you've watched them. Who's their best offense alignment? I don't think they have one. I don't know that they have one. Okay, they don't have one. I mean, they're horrendous at the offensive line. I mean, we think think Miami has offensive line problems. These guys are are at a whole other level. So, to me, Gary, I can't have Garvin and Mr. Joe – not play even better than they played last week. They've got to they've got to have a they've got to have a much better performance than last week. That's the way you have to look at it. They need to make sure on this platform that they pretty much go out there and dominate the game. We know Will yeah. is going to do his part. That you do know. I mean, Joe's playing at a pretty high level. Well, he's picked it up significantly, and he's got to stay there. He can't rest on his laurels. He can't, you know. Okay. We're not playing. No, you've got to be even more aggressive. So I hope all the alums that have gone gone on to the pros that have that have pretty much created this program. I hope they're talking to those two, those two young bucks and reminding them how critical this is. Because sometimes you've got to hear from those who've done it. You know, and I'm worried about the back end. You know, and I and I put the post which you took off, which I understand you have to do what you got to do. I'm worried about the health status of two guys that run our defense on the back end with, with Mr. Shaq. And Mr. Mr. JJ back there, Jaquan. If those two guys aren't full go, or if they get nicked up and they got to come out, we're screwed. Because if I got to see Robert Knowles play again, listen, I have nothing personal against the kid. I hope he's a great kid from what I hear. You know, and Daryl Heidelberg's a good friend of mine who played for me many moons ago when he was a kid. He's told what a great kid he is when he had him over there at Essen. But I'm telling you, he can't be out there at this level because the same mistakes are going to happen. So hopefully, if they're healthy, our defense will be playing at a maximum level. But if they're not healthy, Gary, I'm I'm worried. What do you think about that? Well, they were both at practice today. Uh, I I don't think Shaq will be 100, percent but you know he might be 85, 90. Uh, Jaquan has been pointing towards this game. I think he, you know he should be pretty close to 100, percent and we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, to me, the key is going to be getting to Francois. And and minimizing the impact that their receivers can have down the field. I mean, I, I think they got to exploit the fact that that offensive line's horrendous, and they just got to get after it. And, and Gary, we've done a really good job the past couple of games in, in pass protection with a couple of breakdowns, a couple of issues that were not exploited by the other teams we've played by our opponents. But I'm wondering, 
with a guy, with a guy like Francois here, do you spy him or not to start? I mean, I don't think he's necessarily the the biggest running threat in the world. I mean, you know, I I think you come after him and you make sure you get him. I don't I don't I don't know that they have to spy him. Okay. Are you seeing them probably doing more RPO or just him pretty much running the uh, the old USF full offense? What are you? They love to run. The Philly Taggart wants to run the spread. And one of the big criticisms up in Tallahassee that they're on his case about is that they think it's almost too predictable that he he wants to run it too badly. Like you can almost call his plays like on first down, he's going to, you know, just basically hand the ball up the middle to acres. And apparently, you know, they've been getting into a lot of really, really, really bad down and distance situations up there, which is why I think they're 119th in the country in third down conversions. Uh, It's not because Francois doesn't have receivers and a tight end and Trey McKitty that can do some damage. It's because they're always in third and 10. And, you know, those are tough situations to have high percentage rates. So uh, we'll see. But, you know, I, I think that Manny Diaz will, will come out thinking he, he, he wants to shut down the run and, and make them throw and then get after Francois in those situations. The thing they got to be careful about, in my opinion, is I got to believe that those coaches up there are going to be pulling out all the stops in this game. And I'm expecting them to do a lot of play action on first down and try to, you know, catch Miami doing exactly what I just said. And, and, um, you know, Manny's going to have to be really disciplined uh, this week, I think with his blitzes and things like that and not leave himself in compromised situations. Cause if he does, this will be a tight game the whole way. You know, Gary, one thing Manny has incorporated when he does blitz, he, I mean, sometimes he says it's not really uh, technically a blitz, but I still think I characterize it as one. Um, I, I think the delay blitz, he needs to eliminate against these guys. I don't think you can afford to make one big mistake, especially early on. Uh, the two things that I would definitely at least from the very beginning, which we didn't do well against North Carolina, is to pretty much cover those those the, the, those backs as well as we can, number one. But number two is to not go ahead and overcommit early. Because then you get that one big run, and all of a sudden, you know, everybody starts feeling a lot more comfortable. That offensive line feels better. You know, the tempo gets going. And you get them going where they want to be playing. You get them in their comfort zone. So I'm hoping early on we're not as, you know, as over, we're not overzealous early on. I'm just hoping that that's the case. But um, when you look at our offensive line, there's, there's a couple of kids on that defensive line that, that I worry about with our matchups. The first one that comes to mind, and, and I, I think you mentioned this last week, or a caller did, or maybe Bruce did, but I've noticed that St. Louis has not been at, at the top of his game. Uh, he's he's been beaten a lot. He's been exposed a couple of times, uh, and last week it happened again. And, and and my concern is with Brian Burns, who's definitely a first round talent, uh, just like our, our our Mr. Jackson is over here. What do we do early on? Do we chip him with Brevin? Uh, we just make sure we have uh, Homer going ahead and, and taking care of him to help out on that side because this, this kid's pretty damn good, and St. Louis hasn't been where he needs to be. So I'm wondering if that's a matchup that they're going to try to expose early on or even throw some pressure at, uh, from the slot or like a corner blitz coming through uh, to make that guy make a decision. Uh, I think that's one area that concerns me. What are your thoughts on that, Gary? Yeah, I think they're going to look at what LSU did. And they're going to try to do the same thing, which is uh, they're going to bring pressure and they're going to try to make the backs get involved in protecting uh, Nicosi and see if Miami's gotten better at this since opening day, because that's how LSU won that game. Took Miami right out of the game. 
They dominated the trenches from the very beginning. I mean, it wasn't even yeah, a contest. I mean, Absolutely. I I, they do have a couple of big defensive tackles. Uh, one's one's with a redshirt freshman, and one's a true freshman who's like, I don't know, like 390 pounds from what I'm seeing there, or 380. Uh, so I know they don't have they don't have experience on their end, but there is a lot of talent on that defensive front. And I think that to ignore that is really making a big mistake. So hopefully, uh, you know, our, our, our guy has, has made the necessary uh, preparations for that. I'm going to go back a couple of years, many years ago. Uh, do you remember Jimmy Johnson's first home game at the Orange Bowl against FSU? Uh, I mean, I was there. They all kind of run together for me. But go ahead. What happened? What, what, what were we? we were a 10-point favorite or 11-point favorite. And then it rained all morning, all night, the night before and all morning. Uh, and then we got to see Mr. Testaverde make his debut against Florida State in the third quarter. I think we got, like, uh, Marvin Jones had, like, a million tackles and all that. But we were we were pretty much a very confident team at that point. We had beaten Auburn, if I'm not mistaken. We had won a big, a big game. Uh, and we were 10-plus we were point favorites to start. I'm just hoping it ain't raining on, on Saturday, Gary. <laughs> That's number one. Number two, I'm hoping our kids are focused. I'm I, mean, I think they, I think they will be. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. That's what it's all about. There aren't many areas where Florida State's better than Miami right now. Uh, I mean, you can make an argument that they that maybe they're a little better at quarterback just because Francois has got more experience than the Cozy. Um, but the running backs are even at best. I mean, receiver they don't have. They've got a few good receivers, but they don't have the de- the depth that Miami has at receiver. Uh, tight ends are probably somewhat comparable, I, I would say. Miami's offensive line, I think, is a little bit better than Florida State's, no doubt. Uh, Miami's defensive line should be better. Miami's linebackers should be better. Um, maybe the secondaries are kind of even. But uh, Miami should have the edge in this game, and it's going to be about focus and execution and, and, and composure and poise. And, and, and if, if, if they do that, then the Hurricanes are a significantly better team than Florida State right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, the big things that scare me are just an experienced young quarterback, number one. Number two, you know, the health status of our key guys. But on defense, you know, if they're not 100% and, and they're not there, you know, that's, that opens the game. It makes it a wide-open game again. And that's yeah. those, those no, no, no doubt. I have. And, and, and I've been saying this all along. I, I wouldn't be shocked if at some point Mark Rick needed to turn to Malik Rozier. I wouldn't be the least yeah. bit shocked. I mean, this is the kind of moment that, you know, Nicosi's probably not ready for, you know, and, and you got to hope that things go well early, that nobody makes mistakes and they can move the ball and sustain drives. And, you know, he has a good experience early and it, it doesn't get rattled in the first quarter because if, if his mind starts racing on him and he gets rattled in the first quarter, I mean, it, it could be problematic. I mean, he's not ready for this. Let's be honest. Well, you know, when you look at a kid like uh, Blackman from up there in Bell Glade who was able to come in and and make this a game and take this team and, and, and take the lead on us last year, not once but twice, you would hope that a second-year freshman has been developed to a level where it's not that big of a moment for him. That's well, what I'm hoping you know, for. I'm hoping it I mean, it's, cool, it's not the Florida State of old, okay? It's the, it's the, this is not the, the typical Florida State. So that gives them a better chance, I think. Yeah, but he's, but he's got to have good. He's got to have some success in the first quarter, so that you know things don't start spiraling in the wrong direction on him. Gary, one recruiting ramification from this game, and it's about it's about two kids, man. It's about two kids for me. I think it's been about these two kids for the last year and a half, two years. 
Um, and there used to be three, but that other kid committed to Clemson. If we win this game, we win this game convincingly. Let's say that occurs, okay? Let's say we absolutely dominate the line and we make all of our playmakers big, make big plays. Our guys are deep. We score maybe one or two touchdowns once again on defense. What about the possibility of Mr. Dent pretty much in the next week or two decommitting and don't bring up things again? I think there's a very good chance. Well, 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 I, I, I think that's, that's exactly I, I, I think I think they have a real shot at, at getting him. And I'll tell you another one that, that this is that this weekend's important on. And that's uh, Jaden Hazelwood, the, the wide receiver out of Georgia, who's coming in on his official visit this weekend. Uh, you know, he's very serious about Miami and a and a big performance in in, in the kind of environment that we know is going to be in place on Saturday would help an enormous amount in pulling that kid away from Georgia. How tight are Akeem and Freak, Gary? I mean, uh, from what I'm hearing, they, they do have a pretty good, pretty good relationship, um, and they have talked about playing here. Like every kid does that, but uh, I know they've talked about playing elsewhere as well. But how tight are those two guys? Are they are those two guys that? I mean, I think they one. I think they know each other a little. I mean, how tight are they? Can they possibly be? One goes to high school in South Miami, and the other one goes to high school in Palm Beach. So, but they have played with but each other. They, they've been at some uh, of the at some of the events and camps yeah. together, no doubt, and they've gotten to know each other a little bit. But I don't see that being that big of a factor. How about the Lakeland boys? How about the Lakeland boys, Gary? How, how, how are we doing with those two kids? Florida Very well. Make a nice push there. Yeah, but we're but the Kings are the Kings are in real good shape there. Um, I forecasted both to Miami. I think Miami will get both of them. Well, Gary, I hope you're right, brother. I hope you're right. Let's uh, let's make sure we get everybody out there this weekend. We got to be uh, all hands on deck, Gary. We got to win this game. This game means so much for a lot of different reasons, but um, man, we we cannot uh, we can't lose another game to these guys at home. It, we, it's just it's got to stop. It's just it's, it's got to stop, Gary. Hey, amen, man. I think you're preaching to the choir here with everybody listening. So hopefully they get it done. Thanks for getting this started. Be well. Be well, Gary. You got be it, man. Well. You got it. Thank you. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. I say it every week, man. That guy's, that guy's good on the show. He's great on the phone. I grimace when he's at his keypad. I mean, my God. I mean, the amount of moderation that our folks at canesport.com on the message boards got to do with that guy every day, it's amazing. It's like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, but uh, he's great. Great on the phone lines, and I'm uh, I'm glad he got us started tonight. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show, and let's go to the three oh five. You're live on Game Sport Live. Hello, Gary. Yes, sir. Hi, this is Adam. What's up, Adam? You started to get predictable, uh, man. You're getting you're coming on the show early now, and, and, and people are yeah. kind of taking some shots at you on the message board. I don't understand why, but. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I, I keep it real. And I said last week, um, should they think about redshirting um, AR? And I saw that Rick was asked about it today. Yeah, so you know, I'm it's not... funny. It, it, it's yeah. it's funny, Adam. He, he it, it was brought up today at Mark's press conference. Yeah. And, the, and, the, and the thing that was so funny is, you know, he's so <laughs> focused. I mean, Amon Richards is the best receiver on the team, obviously. And, and as yeah, a head coach, I mean, he, he's been so healthy. focused. 
Well, he, he's been so focused on him as a play, getting him on the field as a player and thinking yeah. about what a big part of his offense he is. I, redshirting never even crossed Mark Rick's mind, I don't think, based on his response today. And it was funny because when, when it was brought up, the, the concept yeah. of possibly redshirting him on, that he could play in three or four ga- another three games yet this year and still redshirt. And, you know, Mark's kind of face kind of lit up. You know, I didn't think about that. You know, he, he never even thought about redshirting Amon Richards. But every week that goes by here, I, I think it becomes an issue. And I think that the reason it's an issue is you got to protect Amon Richards at this point. Like, you know, he yeah, obviously has, mean, you, is having some problems. And, you know, there's no guarantee that those problems are going to subside real quick. And he's going to have to show a, a pretty significant body of work and health to get drafted in this in the place yeah. where his ability level suggests that he should no and i mean and i know it's a different sport but um i don't know if you read barry jackson today but he said that when hassan whiteside had it, and again it's basketball it took him a good four or five months to get over the bone bruise so it's mm-hmm. going to be an injury that lingers so that's why the thought was shut him down this year, get him healthy for next year. So that he well, remember he was shut down for a lot of last year too. He was, you know, he was hurt a lot last year too. So, you know, you're starting to there's starting to be a pattern developing here, which is not a good one. Yeah. So I think right now they're still in week to week mode, Adam. I don't think any of those long range okay. type decisions have been made. But with every passing week of the season that he doesn't play, yes, I do think that redshirting at some point has to come on the table. Okay. Um, And a couple other things. Quick basketball note. I don't know if you noticed, but it came across that they opened the federal case and that Miami was mentioned a lot in the indictment. Yeah. Here's how Miami's Um, being mentioned. Well, number one, they're telling the story of the guy from Adidas that was going to pay Nasir Little to go to Miami. So yeah. that's that's one way Miami's coming up. The other way Miami yeah. is coming up is that they are trying to point to the Nevin Shapiro case, which the NC, yeah. you know, and 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 look at the fact that that wasn't prosecuted to a degree, yeah. and and make a case against selective enforcement and selective prosecution of these types of situations. And so that's why Miami is in the limelight in that, in that trial. The, the positive is Miami is not in the limelight because Jim Laranega is indicated yeah. because it looks like he's not. And it looks like they're going to be totally in the clear on that. And okay. what's going to end up being so, is a grave injustice having been perpetrated on the Miami yeah. basketball program because they never should have been um, implicated in that. And it cost them a full okay. recruiting class. So, no, you know, it's a shame was, that it that played out my, that way. But That was going to be my next question. Like, would it affect us not only this year – with no. like Isaiah Wong decommitting and all that, but no. like next year with Scotty Barnes. No. Because it's I, not affecting. Okay. The recruiting this year is going very, very well. It is not affecting anything this year. Okay. And any word on like Terry or CJ Walker on what their timetable is or nobody knows? Uh, not sure the timetable, but I, I, I feel relatively good about CJ Walker. I think Miami is the leader in the clubhouse right now. And I think if they get C.J. Walker to go with Isaiah Wong, I think that only increases their chances of landing Vernon Carey. Okay. Because um, what's he need uh, to go to couple... what's he need to go to Duke or Carolina for if he's got two top fifty recruits to play with here? 
Yeah, that that is not to mention all the other talent they that they that they have on the team with Chris Likes and these guys, you know. So yeah, um, uh, that's true. A couple other things. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to watch the FSU game on Saturday, but like they Very little. this kid Juwan Pass isn't the world's best quarterback, and they threw just the stupidest interception I've ever seen. That I like, saw. I, I don't know if you watched the end of the game. I did. I, I saw I that. Think, I don't think Rick would have put Perry in that situation when running the ball was obvious to everyone. You certainly hope not. No. But the way – what I was talking about is it looks like that FSU, at least for that game, they were leaving the field wide open. And Perry has nice enough touch. That if they and they mentioned this, I think on twenty four seven sports, that the way FSU, I think they keep leaving the field wide open. Wouldn't that like amount to like a field day for the likes of Mike Carley and Jeff Thomas, where they could. they're living? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and um, a couple other things. Um, seeing like the Kelly Bryant situation, how it played out at Clemson with him now transferring after the four games. Um, are you surprised with the majority of like Malik Rozier, like taking his demotion and not saying I want out because obviously I've only seen the player and I don't know what hit, if he'd be allowed to transfer because I know he's a red shirt, but just it, 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 he really didn't have options. I mean, it, Adam, it would have been very hard. I mean, where's he going to go in the middle of the season? I mean, he he's out of eligibility. Uh, he's already redshirted, so he really didn't have any options. Oh, he couldn't he, do it. He, oh, he couldn't have applied for a six-year. No, well, no. Like a lot of uh, like a lot of other quarterbacks could have gone in the tank, so to speak. And like what they were describing on Thursday night, I only got to watch the game, but that he's really involved. And even Nikosi said he's serving as a mentor to him. Which yeah, only I mean to help him. You know, it, it looked like it was hard on him. I'm sure it was. You know, why wouldn't it yeah. have been hard? You know, it should have been hard on him. I mean, you know, you got to hope he's not going in the tank because I still say that there is a reasonable chance that at some point in this season, they're going to need Malik Rozier to do something. Whether, yeah. you know, it's, it's whether it's Nikozi getting banged up, whether it's Nikozi struggling and you need that veteran to go in and, and stabilize things. I mean, there's a million mm-hmm. scenarios that could evolve that to where you need Malik Rozier to go do something at some point this year. Yeah. So it's important that he stay engaged and that he stay available mm-hmm. because this is a team that, let's be honest, is, 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 has a very legitimate chance to go 11-1 and one and be in, in the thick of things at the end of the year. So Yeah. No, and obviously they definitely do. Obviously they have the trap games at like Bodtech and BC, but obviously they should be favored. Just like, I mean, I'm a little worried about the line today, but I think we are that much better than FSU after watching them play. Um, A couple other things. Um, On the recruiting front, I keep seeing that Tariq Stevenson is actually like going to games and all that and that he's still saying he's interested in Miami. Do you think it's just lip service, or is he no, really, I think he's going, really I think he's, interested? I think he's probably going to Georgia, but I think he, you know Miami's number two, and I, I think it'll be one of those two. 
Okay, so it's not like Tyson Campbell where Miami was actually – you said, I think, number three but behind Georgia and Alabama when all – No, I think back. Miami's number two on this one. Oh, okay. So it's not – and um, what's the deal with um, – I think his name's Ingram and Bogle. Do, apparently they're, com- they're committing rather soon. Is Miami in the driver's seat for both of them? I think so. I'm, okay. I'm expecting both to, both to be in the class. I, I'm, I forecasted both to Miami. Okay. And um, what about um, this kid Fred Davis out of Jacksonville? Because I saw some tape on him, and I think he would be a good addition because we are losing a couple corners. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see on that one. I'm not as sure okay. on that one as I am on the other ones. Okay. Well, All right, Adam. Uh, last one more thing. Are you doing something with War Chant, like what you did last year and yes. what you did with LSU? Yep, we we, yep, okay. we taped it and uh, it'll be on the site on Thursday. And it, yeah, it's yes, okay. it's really good. It gives you it'll give you good insight into Florida State. We'll have it up on Thursday. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Thanks. Well, well have yeah, a great you, rest you, of the you're show. talking you're talking about the countdown to kickoff show, right? Yes, countdown to yeah. kickoff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it'll be up on Thursday morning. Uh, okay. Well, thanks. All right, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for yeah. Right. Thanks for Have coming on the show. Bye. You got it. Let's go to the eight four five. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Greg? How are you tonight? I'm good. Um, I want to start out by saying, where the hell was Jeff Thomas this week? One catch for five yards. Yeah, I mean, he, he was out there for. Fire. He was out there for a lot of plays. They just didn't throw the ball very much. I think he had. Uh, I'll look up the play count while we're talking, but uh, he was out there for a lot of plays. He just, you know, he, he they, they didn't throw the ball. They only threw the ball 12 times. And obviously North Carolina was keying on him a little bit. So, you know, it, there weren't necessarily a lot of opportunities to throw the ball to him. But uh, he was out there. And Harley, remember Harley played too. Harley had Harley had a great game. They played the same position. Yeah, Harley. It's, 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 well, it's, but it's, it's just when the ball when the ball went to that spot, Harley was in the game. Okay. Uh, I want to talk a little about Manny Diaz. This North Carolina's quarterbacks provided no threat in the air. They were horrendous. Yet they horrendous. still were able to run all over us. I don't understand it. Where is the spy on that guy? He can't throw at all. So you have to. They, I don't. I don't get it. It's they crazy. did a. They did a. They did a poor job of that the other night. Let's be honest. I mean, what North Carolina was 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 taking advantage of Miami's pursuit and letting Miami run. You know, run to where the blocking seams were going, and then they were cutting back uh, on little misdirection moves and stuff like that, and it was working pretty well for a while. And uh, you're right, it was bad. That was that was the that was the sour note of the, the game the other night, and opens up some concern for like what might happen down the road when you have you know good running teams like Boston College and Georgia Tech that might be able to use their running game to stay in a game with Miami unless unless that changes and improves. Right. All right. Now, as far as uh... The first caller saying Rick's never won a national championship. 
There's only four coaches in college right now that have won national championships. That's what I was saying. 130 programs. So, and he, Rick would have been in playoffs years ago if they had a four-team playoff. So he hasn't had the chance. But anyway, um, Miami is never going to get to the top unless we stop being bridesmaids in these recruiting battles for the top kids like Stevenson, Sertain, Campbell, Judy, and those guys. We have yep, you gotta, at some point you got to you got the elite guys who've got to stay home. People. Yeah. I, I don't know. We all know the money angle in, in some of these cases. Obviously, Mark Rick's not going to do stuff like that. So no, but you got to have a good enough relationship tough. with the kid that maybe you can you could supersede the money angle. All right. Well, and by the way, the biggest and. And, and also, just getting back, get, before you go on, be, getting back to your original okay. question, Jeff, Jeff Thomas played 29 of the 46 snaps the other night. 29, and he had one catch. <laughs> yeah, and, and Harley, Harley only played nine, nine snaps. And he, and he had a few catches. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. The ball, right. the ball just went. The ball just went in his direction on on the plays that he happened to be in the game. But uh, Jeff Thomas got the bulk of the playing time at that position. Uh, the biggest difference in Florida State will be they don't have Jimbo Fisher to make adjustments. Just look at Correct. the last three games against Miami. We were beating them soundly at the half three years ago. We're Killing him at, uh, I mean, last uh, last year, last time we played him at home, we were killing him until Kaya threw that pick in the end zone to Amon Richards. He didn't, he missed them. And then for two years earlier, we were crushing him with Jameis Winston, and they came all the way back with the halftime adjustments. I don't know if Willie Tiger can make those adjustments. I know Jimbo Fisher can. So I think yep. we're in good shape. That's a good observation. All right, uh, Gary, I've been to the last three times down there. I, I'm not going this year, but hopefully we'll win this time. And You're not going to be at the Florida State Duke game? game? No, I can't, I can't make it, but I'll be down for the Duke game. All right, Gary, All right, Greg. thanks for the Time. I'll Thanks talk to you as always week. for being Bye. part of the show. All right, guys, I'm going to take a moment right now to tell you a little bit more about a place that you've heard me mention several times this year, uh, rapidly evolving as many guys' favorite restaurant in South Florida, and that's Sicilian Oven. And uh, there's a million places to eat pizza. Let's be honest. You can go to any corner, any strip shopping center. There's Steve's Pizza and Mike's Pick Pizza and Bruce's Pizza and James's Pizza. There's a million pizza places, but there's no place quite like Sicilian Oven, which has six locations now throughout South Florida. And at Sicilian Oven, they offer a new way of dining using the best ingredients and flavor combinations mixed into a carefully designed menu. And many of those recipes that you're going to grow to love have been handed down from generations through the DeSalvo and Garavuso families. It begins with classic pizzas 
with traditional toppings and expands to gourmet and select pizza combinations that are far removed from what you'll find at the nearest corner. You love wings? Sicilian Ovens wood-fired wings are marinated for 24 hours in Italian herbs and spices and served with caramelized onions. Sicilian Oven also offers a wide array of specialty dishes from eggplant to mussels to fire-roasted shrimp palermo. They have soups, sandwiches, salads, pasta dishes. No matter your taste, you'll find something great at Sicilian Oven with six locations throughout South Florida. And if you go in Friday or Saturday, you're very likely to find some former Kane football players sitting there challenging each other to chicken wing eating contests and enjoying some pizza. It's become a favorite place for the Kane alumni to eat when they're in town. On your way or leaving Hard Rock Stadium, visit the Plantation location at the Fountains Complex off University Drive or the Aventura location at 205th and Biscayne. Need a place to eat great food and watch a road game? There are other locations in Lighthouse Point, Coral Springs on Sample Road and 101st, and in Boca Raton. And the new location on Oakland Park Boulevard, just west of Bayview in Fort Lauderdale, has a full liquor bar. So get on over to your nearest Sicilian oven restaurant and get ready to experience the next level in casual Italian dining. You can visit SicilianOven.com to find the nearest location to you. It's Sicilian Oven and SicilianOven.com. You'll not only love the taste, you will taste the love. And uh, I'm sure you've seen a lot of guys commenting on the message boards about taking my suggestion and going and having a meal at Sicilian Oven. And every single one of them has posted a, a great review, talked about what a great time they had and how good the food is. And uh, we're not just saying it, we're preaching it. Sicilian Oven has phenomenal food, and I recommend that everybody try one of those six locations at some point here in the near future. And it would be a great place to go at about 11.30, 12 o'clock on Saturday to either have a pregame meal before you go tailgate at the stadium or pick up a bunch of food and throw it in your car and take it with you and use that as your tailgate meal. Um, Sicilian Oven will be ready on Saturday morning to take care of that for you should you choose to do so. All right, let's get back to your calls. 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 973 now. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. Ross, What's going on? Ross, Ross. My my nights, com- my nights complete now. You're you, you're in on the first hour. Talk to us. What you got? I'm I'm early because um I want to make a point about something. So I know it's a it's a Florida State week, but I want to jump into something if you give me a minute. That's why I call early so I could get out the way after I say it. Did you watch the Clemson game? I did. Okay, glad you said yes. Do you remember the comments? Just want to get into this, Gary, and then I'm gonna get into Florida State. Do you remember the comments that, uh, was it, Todd Blackers made about Kelly? you hear what he said about Kelly? What did he say? Called him selfish. If that's not most, if the most disrespectful thing he could say about a kid after he's earning a paycheck from ESPN, actually just got a new contract. He well, what he was, is what selfish. I, yeah, but what he's saying, Ross, is that he came in. And he came through a, a generation where it was about the team, not about individuals. That's what he was saying. Yeah, 
But guess what? But guess what? That that ended a long time ago. Because here's the thing. He's saying that the kids should relax, stay on the team, and support the starting quarterback and be a leader. Here's where I, I defer on that. You can't get on national TV with millions and millions of people watching. Some is casual watchers, some is not, and say the kid is selfish. Not when it's a business at this point. This coach went to somebody, went into this kid's living room and promised his parents, ding, blah, 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 blah. So you give the job away, fine. But don't, and then I, I'm going to give Dabo a break because he kind of let the kid go in time for him to transfer. I give him a break. I, I, I kind of give him a break on that. But then he also said, it's not grammar school. I could do what I want. It's not grammar school. Well, Todd can't say the kid is selfish if he's making a business decision. And it's not the same situation like Alabama because I actually think Kelly is a better quarterback than Hurts. I actually think he's more talented. So if a kid decides he's going to make a business decision and put himself in the best situation to put his, his game and his, his game on tape, you can't call the kid selfish, Gary. I think that was just irresponsible, very irresponsible from a, a guy that's earning a paycheck on the sport that the kid is playing. Well, he's just giving his opinion. Uh, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. I, I think he's given his opinion, and I and I know where he's coming from. With his, from his standpoint, is that you you know you're a team member first before you're an individual. But then, then the kid doesn't earn a living down the road by staying on that on that team and back and, and tapping the kid on the back and supporting them. Because when it's come time for the draft picks and they, and they call Todd back on um, Blackridge for an interview, he's going to call him an okay quarterback. And then no one will be able to continue to see the things that this kid could do. But anyway, you don't agree with me. Didn't think that you would. I think. Oh, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with you. To be honest. I mean, I, I think you could argue either, either case. It just depends on what your philosophy is on, on the subject. I mean, Todd's black ledges, philosophy is that football players are part of a team. They're not individuals. What you're saying is it's a business and, and it is a business. So and he's not wrong. You're, he's not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, okay. sometimes everybody's it's right. Hypocritical. It's hypocritical when you're making, you're getting a paycheck and, and ESPN just paid you good money, new contract. You're, you are broadcasting a, a game that the kid is playing in, and you're making a ton of money. You're good. You're set. And you're saying this kid can't go make a business decision. I'm moving on. Just wanted to get that out there. It hurt me. I wanted to jump inside the TV and pull him out of it because I think that's, that, that's killing our kids when you, when you do that. Can't call the kid selfish. You're being, he's being idiotic by making that statement. But anyway, let's move on. It's Florida State, Gary. It's Florida State time. Now, if you remember – I called last week. I told you we need to win this game on what? We need to win the Carolina game on defense. Remember me telling you that? Uh huh. It was going to be defense. It was going to be defense, and that's what we did. But a couple of things I'm very, very concerned about. Very, very concerned about tackling, Gary. I mean, one of the callers kind of like mentioned it, but he kind of didn't mention tackling. We tackled horribly. We look. We're coming in, throwing shoulders in. We're not wrapping up. We've had eight, nine or eight days to work on this. Hopefully, Manny Diaz and everybody else got back to basic here. We were not making tackles, Gary. You know, but did anybody, I didn't see none of the interviews. Anybody asked Mark Rick about that? We were not making tackles on defense. Well, they, I mean, more than that, I thought they were overrunning the plays. That's part of you know, Miami's an, Miami's an aggressive defense that flies to the football. North Carolina did a good job on some of those plays of exploiting that. 
And had they not okay. turned the ball over the way they did, it might have been a lot closer game than it was. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And that's what concerns me because this game coming up, I would love to beat them by 30. The <laughs> feeling is going to be tight. How about just, how about just, how about just, beat, how about just beating them? I mean, you haven't hey, beaten man, Florida yeah. State since 2004, Ross. But I'm a fan. I mean, right? since 2004. <laughs> this is 2018. Yeah. You haven't Gary, beaten Florida State at home. I mean, do you know how much Gary. misery? I mean, you live in New I Jersey. You live in New I Jersey. Oh, you haven't but, had to sit in the stadium through that. How about just winning well, how the game? How do you know I haven't been to games? How do you know I haven't been to games? I've been to plenty of games in, in, the old, in the old stadium, and there's no one. I've been to plenty of games. I don't tell you every time I go, but I go. But you haven't been to all of them, right? People's... No. But okay. Been, well, a lot of people listening shit. right now, Ross, have been to every single one of them, and they're not worried about <laughs> what the about winning by 30. Took, they're worried about winning and breaking the yeah, stupid streak. And, yeah. and, and stop ripping up chunks of the damn field and taking it to I their know, little right? cemetery in Tallahassee. I mean, enough. <laughs> and I think it was perfect what you did by playing um, some of the plays to open um, um, the night. It was perfect. I was thinking that you should just run a couple of things, and you did it. That was perfect. But you talk about ripping up the surface. Here's my thing. I still have in my mind, I forgot what game it is, where we tipped the ball, and the ball fell right into Carlos Williams' hand, and he scored a touchdown. Remember that play? We had that game. We we was yeah. going to win that game. I can't. And the block and extra the point. Yeah, it's been one so thing after the other. You know, yeah. Nightmares, nightmares. But anyway, I just want to hope we we're tackling better. Second, um, third or fourth thing, why is it that? I feel like it's a little bad luck. <laughs> why is it when we get some of our secondary guys, our second string guys start playing really well, they get hurt, like what happened to Mike Smith, the linebacker? What a game he was having. Hell of a game. A 35, hell of a game. And then at the end of the game or towards the end of the game, I'm hearing that he's hurt. So I'm not sure. Did you get um, some type of answer about it? Would he be playing this come game? Is he, is he going to be healthy? Um, Any ideas? You know, not sure. Not sure. We didn't really please, discuss him today. Um, we, we probably should have. We'll try to get an update on that tomorrow. Yeah, please, because I, I really it's, – it's, it's, last year, um, Lee Jackson is playing well, and he got hurt. So it's like a little bit of bad luck there. Our guys start playing well, as you know, they're – Get hurt. Anyway, um, all right, Gary, let me jump into this. I know you're going to attack me, and I just want to make one quick point, and then I'm going to get away from it because I know you're going to um, attack me on it. Getting back to Amon Richards. If he – here's my thing. Just hear me out on this. If he had a bone bruise – I went back and I watched the game and I, and I saw this. If he got injured with a bone bruise in that LSU game, did you remember – Did you? I know you was at the game, so I hope you went back and watched it. He was standing on the sideline watching the game. So if you just got injured and a bone bruise, shouldn't you automatically be going through ice, being treated, and even possibly back in the locker room? Ross, we don't know. We don't know what the injury really is. I mean, I don't think you can go by what's been said or what or, or anything. I mean, what you know, you the, say, I'm saying that we don't necessarily know exactly what the issue is. We just what we know is that he's still experiencing pain. And uh, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of conversation on the message boards that he's been cleared by the trainers, and he's choosing not to play himself, and all that. Uh, there's 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 not there's only like half half truth to that. Like from what we've heard, a lot of the tests are are are, are coming back, you know, not too bad, but that he's still experiencing significant pain in the knee. 
And that's why he's not yeah. practicing yet. That's why he's not cleared yet. That's why he's on the bicycle every day at practice. He's trying to work yeah, out right. whatever is going on there. He, he's not making I, it I up, Ross. <laughs> I'm not saying he's making he, it up. And, no, and no, he's, no. Not no being pun- he's not being pun. He's not being punished. The best receiver on the team isn't being punished for a month and a half for somebody saying that he 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 was annoyed at Malik Rozier at the LSU game and said something. Uh, Mark Rick is not benching. Amon Richards for the whole season it, because he was mad at Malik for doing something wrong in the LSU game. Let's be serious. I mean, that's, okay. that's, the, most, All right. that's the most absurd I, thing I've I heard. I just I've happened heard. to notice that he was standing there watching a the game that he is supposed to be hurting. Ross, I got, a picture, I got a picture on my phone that I've been meaning to post on the board of him playing catch at the stadium the other day. You know, he's standing there playing catch. I mean, you know, I don't see him walking with a, with a major limp. However, uh, I do believe that for whatever reason, he might still be experiencing some pain in the, in his knee and stuff, and he and 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 they're being cautious with it because well, something they, is you know, wrong there because it's hurt it's it's hurting us. Yeah, hurting there us there might be something it's, there it's might be something us. wrong. There could be something wrong. We're not you know orthopedic uh, doctors here, so you know I don't okay. I can't sit here, I can't sit here and tell you what all the possibilities are, but I will agree with you that there could be something wrong there. Okay, now if you whatever are, if whatever you're, something. If you're, Whatever something is. All right, and, I'm moving on. And, and, and if he doesn't get back soon, I think you got to put a red shirt on the table just to protect him. Yeah. And I don't because forget his brother. Because if, if there is something is wrong, if there is something wrong, he might need that fifth year. As ridiculous as it seems, it might be in a, he might need to play that last year or something. Or, you, you know, you just don't know. So you might as well protect him and get him a red shirt this year. Okay. Well. Do you think it's going to be a ridiculous question? I'm going to ask anyway. You think um, ah, Michael Jackson's getting a little bored over there because it seems no, he's not getting bored. He got freaking torched two, what two or three times at Toledo. Yeah, uh, that's what I, it's kind of like a setup question. And there. it's I'm not because he was bored. You it was because the guy that he was going against was good and beat him. No, he's not getting okay, bored. You're going, Michael, listen, you're going Michael Jackson—he's a good cornerback. He's not good enough to be getting bored. Okay. Okay. The guy's playing. Uh, the guy's set. playing for a draft choice, and there's pro scouts at every setup. game. Was, no reason to be bored. It was a setup. I agree. It was a setup question, Gary. Because I'm just. Cause I just want him to be. Oh, okay. I yeah. Well, then you set me up, but I don't think he's bored. Okay. Also, on that play when um they was driving down the they was about to score, and the kid, uh, their quarterback floated the ball in the end zone. Here, me and you talk about this all the time, Gary. If Redwine turns around and turn his head. What happens here? That's an interception. Yes or no? Possibly. He certainly can make a play on it. I don't understand, and we see it at every level of football, high school, college, pros. I'll never understand this whole theory that cornerbacks don't have to turn for the football. They just watch the hands of the receiver and try to knock the ball away. I will, I'll never understand that. I see more plays that honest, cornerbacks can make that they don't make. And to be honest with you, I watched the Penn State-Ohio um, State game. And a lot of those cornerbacks turned their head around and made plays. And I'm not being unfair. I'm just being – I love my team. Can't sit there and not criticize what I see. I, You're I, fair I on that. And I, We've seen it way too I, many and, times and just in the last few weeks. You're 100% fair on that. I would tell, yeah, I would, he, he, I, he, I tell you all the time when you're wrong, you're not wrong on this one. Yeah, he turns around. That's that's interception number one, and we could go start – he could start doing the bunny hop all the way over to the sideline and get that chain. 
So you know, I, yeah, I, I got next, next time I have a chance to talk to Coach Rumpf, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna ask him about that. I'm curious what they teach. Yeah, I'm curious. It's, it's I'm obvious. curious if they if they're if they're supposed to be turning. It's it's obvious now. Okay, I know I'm, I called early so I, so I could get out the way and listen to the rest of the show. But listen, here's my thing: if there's anybody on that team offensively, because our we gotta play defense, we gotta play defense. For them, Gary, I got the name of the kid right now, number eight. I'm going to pull him out of there because he's scary good. We cannot let him have yards after catch. Is there anybody else, anybody else that's put fear in your heart that we cannot allow to go wild? For Which that? one's number eight? Is, it, is that that's uh that's a kid Naquan that Murray, the right? Touchdown. Yeah, or is that, that the or is. or is that the Terry kid? I don't have the roster in front of me. Whatever number eight, I just know they got a defense offense number eight too. But the guy on on offense. He's scary good in space. He's what we, I want to see our guys become and continue to be. If you give him any space, he'll burn you. He'll burn you for 30 Okay, you're talking about, you about Nyquan Murray. Um, I think yes. they call him Newton yes. or whatever up there. I don't know. They got some yeah, the one that was rock, the one that was rocking the yeah. purse at the end of the game. Oh, yeah, he's got a – well, he's a senior, Ross. He's, he's, you know, he's been through mm-hmm. the battles, he, and he's very good. The one you also got to worry about, they got a, a freshman – um, by the name of Tamor and Terry, who's mm-hmm. been—I mean, the kid—the kid's only got 11 catches on the year, but four of them have been touchdowns. And uh, he runs like about a four-three-four-four. Got to keep an eye on him too. Okay, so this is where I come in on this comment here. This is why I'm so nervous about the tackling, and this is why we cannot. I don't know how we're going to do this, Gary. You got to help me on this. We cannot afford to be making too many substitutions in this game. I know we're going to get tired, but you know man, how I we feel about get caught. You know how I feel yeah, about we that. Can, we cannot be caught with the wrong set of guys on the field, even on, especially on our side of the field. Because I'd be naive to think that they're not going to be able to march the ball a little bit on us. Because just watching us, we give up, we give up gashes, we get gashed, we get. They're going to pass the ball. They're, they're, they're a team, too. They got speed. They got Miami speed on the team. They got guys from Miami. They got guys that can make plays. We just don't want them to make too many plays, and we don't want them to make touchdown plays. But we have to tackle, cannot get too much yards at the catch. We just absolutely cannot do it. Now, how did you feel about the penalties? What do you think about what happened with uh, Willis? you think that was warranted? Because I watch SEC games, and guys do worse than that. I don't know what he said, Ross. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm no, not he, on the he, field. He, no, he pointed a gun. He pointed his fingers like a gun, and and pulled the trigger at the. Yeah, that's face. unacceptable. And he, that's unacceptable. Yes, yeah. you can't do that. So yeah, that, that's deserved. All right, Rob. Yeah, let me let some of the people talk here. I think you've on, exhausted your You got it, man. Thank you as always. Yeah, you always you always rushing me off, Gary. Keep me on hold. Rushing you off. I think we just gave you ten fifteen minutes. Pe- hey, man, people, uh, other guys are saying, what the hell is he letting Ross like sit there and go on and on for? <laughs> so anyway, uh, thank you. Great, right, great, man. great points. And we'll talk to you next Keep week. Keep me on hold. <laughs> Keep, he wants more time. What's he kidding me? All right. 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show like Ross just did for 15 minutes, but uh No. We probably won't give you more time than that unless you're really, really good. So let's see what we got in the 256. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what's going on, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? Well, this is Juan from Alabama, man. 
What's up, what's up, Juan? How you doing tonight? Go ahead and go ahead and prove that you're a better caller than Ross. Go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> and I actually agree with a few different things that Ross had to say, man. Yeah, he was good. Uh, he was pretty but, good tonight. Uh, I agree. I agree. He 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 was he was pretty good tonight. You know, he he, he puts uh, in a lot of preparation things? time. That guy. That guy. He comes with a list and he's thought it out and he's got his list of topics and. Uh, he's pretty good. I mean, he does. He 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 does prepare. <laughs> well, but, I mean, but go ahead, already, Well, I already heard already heard a couple other callers already speak on the whole Richard situation. Uh, I mean, hopefully we'll get him back sometime this year. If not, I mean, I guess we can redshirt him. So, like I said, we already spoke on that. Uh, Ross said something about he wants a blowout. I want a blowout too. Why not? If we already at 14 points better than them, according to Vegas, and in my mind, I think we're about 21-plus better than them. But that's just my opinion. Um, well, I would say, how about, start, how about starting with a victory <laughs> of any point margin and then worry that, you know, the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, all of it will be nice. But the important thing is to get out of there with a win. For sure, for sure. I'm just going based off of how I be feeling. I mean, sometimes I'm delusional, but, hey, that's part of being a fanatic. I mean, you're not uh, delusional. I mean, Miami should be a couple touchdowns better than this team. Miami's much better. But One thing that I think we need to do, though, Gary, man, that I've seen even even when we played FIU and Toledo is the arm tackling and a whole lot of over-pursuing. We'll be there at the point of attack, and then next thing you know, it's just like we just over-pursue on the play or we diving at their leg and all of that. And I'm t- if we do that on Cam Akers, as terrible as, you know, we talking about FSU's O-line and all of that, he's going to kill us. If those guys from North Carolina was breaking like that on us for those runs, number eight specifically, you better believe that Cam Akers will break out on the suit. So I I hope we wrap these guys up and, you know, put them down hard, but not hard enough to get a personal foul because they have got soft out here on the on the football field, man. But uh, I ain't really got too much for real, Gary. You know, uh, hurricane for life. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Perry's finally getting a start just because I'm thinking not about this year, but I'm thinking on – to, I think we played the Crimson Whores in 2020. So I I believe Perry will still be here, if I'm correct. You know, if he's smart, he'll stay in school. You know, so Yeah, I don't see him not being here. He's not a guy, I think, that's going to go to the NFL early. So, you know, he should be here. But, again, don't sleep on Jaron Williams. I'm just telling you. Hey, as long as we got somebody that, that can get the job done, like I said, I don't, I don't want to think too far ahead, but – we definitely need to have a quarterback that's implemented and that's going to be a for-sure guy instead of all these, you know, everybody swapping in and out. Is he the guy? Is that the guy? I think Perry is the guy, so let him let him get in there and, you know, learn from, you know, his mistakes if he makes any and well, just keep it going from there. He's doing that, one. Uh, he's got him in there, but, you know, if if it, if it, if it ever gets to the point in one of these games where he's a deer in the headlights and he's a little rattled, you know you you always have that veteran 
as much as everybody likes to diss them sitting over there and that's a that's a good position to be in if you're if you're mark rick uh you know having malik rozier sitting over there with all that game experience if you need somebody to go in the game and settle things down for a few series or a quarter or whatever um you can turn to him and i think that's a good thing i don't know if, if it'll play out that way that he ever needs them this year but i wouldn't be the least bit surprised and that includes saturday uh, I mean, I definitely agree with you as far as that goes. But, I mean, at the same time, I mean, if Perry makes a mistake, I mean, how many times has Malik made a mistake? And he didn't no, it, it, hey, Perry, Perry, made two, Perry made two mistakes in the third quarter the other night coming out of halftime, and he didn't pull them. So he, he's not yeah, going to have – he's, not, he's not looking to have a quick break. That, that was his fault, though. And no, was that wasn't his fault. fault on one of them, and it was no, the what? referee for not calling pass interference. He said it in the press conference. Ah, uh, yeah, but I don't. I mean, I, no. I mean, he 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 threw the ball. <laughs> he put the ball in harm's way on that interception. Let's be honest. You know, I you mean, there, there was there got hit, hit before the there ball was, got there. Yeah, on but, that yeah, play but game? there also were three defenders there. There were three defenders. The ball shouldn't have gone there. I mean, uh, I'm not. You know, it's like I'm. I, I'm not afraid to be honest. I mean, he made a mistake. He made a couple mistakes in the FIU game, but 90 percent of the time, the kid's playing great. I mean, hasn't Nikosi Perry played as well as anybody could possibly have expected of him the last couple of weeks? I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, he's had some he's not gonna be perfect, throws, and I ain't going to put that past him. I mean, that's understandable. I ain't expecting Yeah, he's perfect. not going to be perfect. I'm just, I'm just calling a spade a spade right there. That was a passing offense. But we'll go ahead and move on from that. Like I said, I ain't got too much to say tonight. Uh, who who you gonna have on for the uh, the former player tonight, Gary? Oh, it's a good one. Don't don't leave. You gotta. I'm I'm gonna keep it a secret for about another five minutes. I'm gonna take take another call here, but uh, it's a good one when we get to it. So I'll give you a clue. It's a guy that just owned Florida State. Okay, he owned Florida State when he played when he played against the Seminoles and uh, put up some big numbers on Florida State. I'll eat you on that for a few minutes and. Uh, we'll have mine coming up here pretty soon. All right, Juan? All right, I ain't going to hold you then, Gary. Uh, keep me on hold. Hurricane you got it, life, man. man. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on? Doing great. Who's this? Hey, what's up, Junkie? How you doing this week, man? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Excellent. Hey, um, few, I got a few little things, man. Um, uh, for the state week. Um, uh, I don't think we are uh, like taking in consideration of what's going on in the season. You know, uh, yeah, we're not gonna look like LSU. That was the first game of the year. Yeah, we might, you know, did some bad things against Toledo, but. As we can, like, progress through the season, you're supposed to get better. And that's what we're doing, you know. That's the purpose of playing those games like Savannah, like Toledo, like FIU. Now we're getting better, like, moving forward. Like, uh, the Carolina game, like, from the Toledo to Carolina, it looked like almost a whole different team on defense. Now it's like I was asking the board, like, you know, why we keep giving Joe Jackson a pass, you know. And now he's the player of the week. So yeah, he, he was great like, last week. Right. Like, oh, like 
an incredible game. That's the the person we wanted. Well, that's the person I was expecting week one. But I'm like, okay, the season is moving forward, and that's what we should expect, like the team to start gelling, the team to start getting better. Um, Nikosi, like this is big, first big, you know, Florida State game, but the thing that he'll have is the running game now. You know, that will be like his best friend. Like what 305 was talking about, Brian Burns. Now, Burns is good, but his thing is pass rush. So the best way for him, uh, for Nikosi to feel comfortable with him on the field is just run the ball right at him. You know, we could do that because he's an upfield type of player, so he want to come upfield like he want to get sacks or whatever, and that's going to create, like, natural running lane. So with our, I think our running game versus, you know, the athletes they have over there, I feel comfortable with breaking in Kosey. Like, just to do simple stuff. Like, we, ain't, we don't really have to win the game with him because we're going to definitely – Beat they uh, beat the offense up with our defense because up front, I mean, I just don't see how they're going to be able to stop us or whatever. And then the second thing is with North Carolina, you know, Fedora, that's been, well, he's seven years in with that offense. So I expected, you know, a little bit with that because like, that offense knows what to do. You know, they've been doing that same offense, but plus they, it's like they're still in the learning process. So, we can't expect them to, to do what North Carolina did. You know, North Carolina, O-line better and everything, and they know that offense. Florida State's still learning the offense. They're still getting adjusted to play calls, uh, pass protection. Like, they still newborn with their offense. So, I'm not looking for them. You know, yeah, Cam Akers is good, but with a good O-line. You know, he, he struggled against Sanford. He had one one long run against them that put him around like a hundred yards. So I just don't see like no way. Not I'm not really scared or nervous about that. I mean I don't see no no way that they'll be able to get downfield because our our D line won't. I mean I just don't see them having time to throw deep passes. Everything that uh, Francois gonna do is gonna be quick or he's gonna have to improvise with his legs. And then that's when um, the, uh, Romeo Finley and all those guys are going to play like they're going to play like big dividends because we're going to have so much speed on the field. I just don't see nothing that Florida State can do that's going to be a problem to us when when they're on the field. Now, when we have the ball, I think the key for us is going to have to be running the football. We're going to have to run the football no matter, like, if we don't, you know, get big chunks we still got to hand the ball off. That's what That was our problem against LSU. We just didn't hand the ball off enough. Like, regardless of how many yards you get, we still have to try to establish running the football. I think we had, like, 16 carries with our running back. Like, you can't win like that in a game like this. Because now you put your you, – You're talking you about in the LSU offense. game, right? Right. 16 carries is what our running backs combined for. That's, yeah, it was that's bad. losing because you'll never be able to have short yards uh, down and distance at all. Like, you'll always be in the pass. Like, LSU was just coming up to the line of scrimmage. Like, they was about to Yeah, race. I mean, it, it was 18, Junkie, but, but yeah, it was horrendous. I, I mean, right. look, at, look, at, look at the numbers that Dallas and Homer have been putting up the last couple of weeks and then look at what they exactly. did against LSU. I mean, right. it was horrendous. And that's, and that's, DJ had eight carries for 38 yards. 
And Homer had seven carries for 31 yards. I mean, horrendous. You can't win. You can't win like no. that. And that's no. part of the season progressing. So I feel good well, that's about That's why they got blown um, out, Chunky. Right. So, you know, that's that's what I think is uh, going to be the difference in this, this Florida State game. And that's why I think we'll blow them out because that last drive against North Carolina when we just said, take this, and they couldn't do anything about it, that's the same way we're going to do Florida State, but we're going to just do it, like, more often. All right, Junkie, you got anything else for us? No, nah, I'm good. Oh, um, oh, oh, recruiting, recruiting. Um, is Vent is Vent coming to the game um, Saturday? Do y'all know for sure? I uh, don't know yet. I'm All guessing right. he probably when, will. When will the? I gotta believe. I gotta okay. believe the answer is yes on that one. But it's not gonna be an official visit. There's gonna be no, not it's not an official, but I'm pretty sure he'll be there. We'll have the okay, list hopefully cool. later in the week. We're putting it together. All right. That's it. All right, right, Junkie. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys. It's time for the segment of our show that many of you have grown to really love, and that's the Sicilian Oven point-counterpoint segment. And uh, it's with Bruce Warner. And each week, Bruce is joined on the phone by a former Canes player. And this week, it's going to be a guy that knows all about carrying the football in big games against Florida State. And that's Mr. Stephen yes, McGuire, who played running back yes, for the Canes from 1989 to 1992. And he's the owner of a pair of national championship rings. A lot of that success coming right on his back. The Canes went 44-4 and during Stephen McGuire's time on campus. And he led the Canes in rushing during the 1989 national championship season. And let me tell you one other thing before he comes on. He played two of the best games of his life against Florida State when the Canes needed him most. He gained 176 yards against the Knolls in 1990 and then came right back in 1991 and put up 142 more on those Seminoles. <laughs> and now he's a police officer in Brooklyn, so don't go messing around when you go to New York because you're going to have to deal with Steve there as well. And um, Bruce, Steve, welcome to Kane Sport Live. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, What's Steve, up, Bruce? Dad, how does it feel, Steve, to be the guy standing in the backfield and everybody in this stadium and the other team and the coaches and the people in the concession stands all know you're getting the ball and they still couldn't stop you? How awesome was that? That was great, man. It's an awesome feeling, you know, especially at the, you know, the offensive line that we had, you know, and, you know, those guys just laid down our blocks. And, and, you know, the thing the thing with that, you just make one cut with SSU because those guys are so fast, and they they still fast to this day. People still say on, on today that uh, SSU looks slow, but they still, you know, the same speed that we have, you know. So it's basically a one-cut move, and, you got to get north and south against them. That's it. And you just stick your foot in the ground and get north and south. Yeah, you were not a shifty guy. You just got the nah. ball and said, here I come. You were, you know, <laughs> you were like it. a University of Miami built. version of Larry Zonka. Incredible. That's you it. were built north for a Florida South, State Miami game. South. Built for it. That's it. I hated them ever since. <laughs> ever since they put that tiger, uh, ever since Dexter Carter put that tiger, on, um, I mean that flag on Tiger Head game. You remember that game? Yeah. Went up there in '89. Yep. And the, the 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 ref threw a flag and he, and he put the flag that <laughs> he put the flag on Tiger Tiger Head. 
<laughs> I hated them ever since. <laughs> well, you sure took that out your revenge up there and and, and down here. And uh, yes. those were classic games, too. Not only yes, just what was. you did, but they were classic games in Miami yes. football history. Yes, 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 it was, man. You know, I think, like you, like, like, like the one the caller said, we got to be able to run the ball. Like, and I'm not a big fan of that read option or, you know, I like to get the guys going north and south. I'm not a big fan of getting the guys going east and west and then letting them read it. You got to go north and south against these guys. And you, you're making one cut and you're cutting it back against the grain or you're making one cut, sticking your foot in the ground and, 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 and just going north and south. Yeah, I don't you know, know if a lot of the callers I, have, have, have made comments about going back to Dennis's offense. They like that better than this. And that's what oh, he, he just got oh, done yeah? saying it. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I said that too. I think they have the personnel that's perfect for Dennis's offense. Yep. Yeah, basically, if the boys down the mismatches, you know, I mean, you know, I don't think they, I don't think FSU could line up with a uh, with a linebacker that could go out with a um, with, with with DJ or or Homer on a, on one of the pass routes. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's all about mismatches, you know, and those guys are speedy enough and, and, and tough enough to. Um, Take advantage of that. Now you yeah, were you didn't catch that many passes. You didn't really catch that many passes, did you? No. Nah, well, now you know. Back then, it was, it was basically screens or, 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 or basically um, like a. I was. Hey, hey, Steve, you were you were a back like you said. They put your foot in the ground and, and ran down downhill. How do you think your skill set would translate to today's game where, like you said, everyone's running the read option and the spread. Um, how do you think you would have fit in today's game? I don't, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird because, I, you know, I, I watch the games and, and, you know, like you say, you know, I, I think about how would I do this, you know what I'm saying, how would I get the ball or, or hold on to the ball like the quarterback's going to pull it out or he's going to keep it. You know, it, it's kind of it, – sort of, getting that ball and, and, and holding on to it at, at that time. And, and, and it's kind of weird, you know, as far as reading it and uh, type of new style. You know, it's, it's different. And, Stephen, and, and, and Toretto was taking um, the snap directly under center. He wasn't in a shotgun. So I, I think you had a head of steam when you got the ball, and it was a one cut and you were for the most one part. Cut. Yeah, basically, yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, I mean, you know, he had his ups and downs in that game, and 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 that's what happened. So you know, and and, and he made the big play that was that towards the was that fourth and fourth and five towards the end, end zone towards the um, Paris Copeland that um, that got us down to that uh, last last touchdown. I think it was. Now Gary doesn't know this, but um, a lot of the guys we've had on the show the last couple of weeks. Or some of your old cronies from back in the day, like we had Hambone on, who's now the oh, superintendent yeah. of schools. <laughs> yeah, we had Doctor <laughs> Claude Jones on there, Dr. which is Claude still hard, Jones. which is still hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Mark Caesar's listening in because I I gave Mark the number to call in. So oh, yeah, okay. your, your friend who got arrested at the Florida Statewide right one, you know, I think the only one in the history of college football to get arrested. That could get game. arrested during a football game. Right? That was yeah, your roommate. Figure, that was, right? yeah. What a piece of work he was. So you had a hell of an experience. You were down at the U. Yes, yes. I loved it. 
every minute of it, man. I, I love every experience of it. The guys that the guys down there were great. The coaches were great. The fans out there were number one. You know, every experience I had down there at, at, down at the U was was a great experience for me, man. I, I, I love it. I love it all, man. Now I talked about Gary always the great. I talked about the great games you played against Florida State. The 176 mm-hmm. you put up in 90, the 142 you put up in 91. And, and they, they really, as great a career as you had and, and, and as many big carries and good games that you had, those two really, really, really stand out because they were just so big. I mean, that was back when Miami mm-hmm. Florida State battles every year. Now, exactly. I want you to put yourself, yeah. put yourself in the shoes of these kids this week that are getting ready and I know it doesn't have the the luster because Florida State's kind of struggling a little bit right now, and and yeah. and nobody really really knows what they're going to show up like. But put yourself in those kids' shoes this week, and 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 kind of relate it to what you did, and and why what was it about Florida State games that brought out the best in Stephen McGuire? Well, number one, uh, you know, it's still an in-state rivalry, so you never know what you're going to get from Florida State. You know what I'm saying? Those those guys are, are just as talented as um, as we are, and what we did back then, you know, we watched more film. You know, what I'm saying, you, you know, practice was more intense. You know, uh, we just did everything to, you know, we did more reps as, as everything in practice. You know, and, and for me, like I said, I hated Florida State. And I, I remember them dancing on the sideline in 1989. We went up there at night and we lost to them. I remember Dexter Carter putting that flag on Tiger Head, disrespecting us. I remember, you know, Shannon Crowell fumbling the ball. We was about to go in for the touchdown. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, the ball right popped there. up in the air. Yeah, exactly. I remember that. You know, so that right there fueled my hatred for them. Yeah, I, I I hated those guys with a passion. <laughs> Even though I was born in Brooklyn, New York, I didn't know nothing about Florida State until 1988 when you know those guys came down here. Plus, they did the video disrespecting us, and we blew them out 31 to zip. And then they did another video in, 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 in 19 um, – Luke had the video back in uh, 1991. They was disrespecting us. And, you know, it, 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 like it just fueled my passion for me as far as hatred from that. I just didn't want to lose to those guys, you know. Even though I wasn't born in South Florida, I was born in Brooklyn, New York, I had – Nothing to do with the interstate robbery at that time. You know, my passion was just, you know, just getting down to the University of Miami at, at that time. Uh, you know, we had um, Chris Fowler from ESPN who has said this in Sports Illustrated. The greatest interview he ever had will never be shown. And Stephen was there, and Caesar was there, and Hambone was there, and Kevin uh, Kelvin Harris was there, and I was there because I had dinner with Chris, and we went to – um, their apartment it was off campus, and no camera, no microphones, and for three hours, tell him, Steve, you guys gave him an earful, and come that Saturday, he picked Miami in wide right two to win that game after listening to these guys for hours oh, yeah. on Florida State, their bitches and all that stuff, because he just never heard anything like it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> See, I didn't know nothing about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know all about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just saw Chris Fowler when I went down there for the – for the screen games, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, tell so us Stephen, what's going on up in Brooklyn now? You're an officer up there. Well, 
I'm in Manhattan now. I transferred over to Manhattan. Uh, I'm in uh, City Watch Traffic Task Force right now. I'm loving it down there. You know, it, it, it's it's a relief now for me. You know, so I, I got three more years to go, and uh, hopefully everything goes good, and, and hopefully I can come back down to South Florida and and do something down there. Who knows? You know, I may have to give you a job. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> hey, hey, maybe you can uh, open us another Sicilian oven location, Bruce. Yeah, he hasn't been there. I have to bring him in when he when he comes down again. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. Dinner's he's on Bruce go. when I come down here. So I'm, I'm just letting him know. Well, well I know Bruce that. I'm not worried about it. Dinner, exactly dinner's on Bruce's civilian oven. You can book that. That's right. Hey, Stephen, what do you what do you think of Homer and DJ Dallas? What are what are your thoughts when you watch uh, those guys? Well, DJ Dallas is a is an athlete. Straight out, I, I watch him. You know, I, I know, you, I know. You, I think he was a quarterback in high school, right? Yep. I think he was everything. He was a quarterback, yeah, yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's a quarterback. The guy's an unbelievable athlete. Homer is a is a powerful runner. I mean, he's loose enough where he can make one cut and, and, and go, you know what I'm saying? The guys don't fumble the ball. You know, those guys got to get going. You know, the offensive line is, is blocking well. Like, like I think one of the callers said, you know, you got to be able to establish the run against against Florida State, you know what I'm saying? This way you establish the run, especially especially with the rookie quarterback that we have now, you know, with, with Perry. This way it eases the pressure um, off him, you know. But Well, if we can run the ball against him, it'll make his job a lot easier. Exactly, I, but I just think exactly. I expect Florida State to stack the box, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they always do anyway, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, like I said, you know, it's all about passion, you know what I'm saying? Those guys got to be able to be able to – the offensive line, be able to get, go out there and, and block those guys. The running backs got to be able to, you know, to make the cuts and reads and um, do their thing, which I'm, which I'm sure that they will do, you know what I'm saying, because those guys are very talented. Yeah, I think this could be a lot of screens and, and passes into the flat in this game against Florida Yeah, yeah I, I, I think so, too, because uh, – just because of the rookie quarterback yep. situation, you know what I'm saying? I don't think they want to put him in that type of situation, you know, even though, like, it's like, it's not the pressure as back in the days, how it used to be one and two, three and four, you know, and, you know, this is it, you know, either Miami or Florida State was playing for the national championship against each other every year, you know, that's how it was, you know. I don't care what you say, you had to go to the state of Florida to get to the national championship. That was you know? true. You know, and, and now look at the University of Central Florida. They pretty much dominating uh, Florida right now. You know, that's the team to beat. You know, so you know, go figure. You know, we ever thought that University of Central Florida beat this this, this um dominated right now. Um, I don't know who they're playing on a week to week basis. Yeah, they're so not. Let's not get carried away. Steve. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's yeah, they're doing yeah, a good job. Up there, they, 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 show. Don't make dumb statements. Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> they put a good program I'm together. Saying, but they're not playing anybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you know, you know. They got Randy Shannon down there. He's a defensive coordinator. You know, he's yep. so good. You know, what I'm saying I don't care what you no say. Doubt. You know, he's a good defensive coordinator. You know, and um, yeah. And, and if Manny if, if Manny Diaz ever moves on from Miami, don't be shocked if one day Randy Shannon doesn't return as defensive coordinator for a few years. I wouldn't. Uh, don't be shocked. Yeah. That's kind of hard. Enough time might have passed. Former, former head coach 
too. Come back at the. But it's long, enough time. Enough. That's what I'm saying. Enough time <laughs> might have passed. He. It, it, it was. It I don't was. Know. It was. I a, don't know. It, it was a topic of conversation when Mark Rick got hired. Uh huh. For for yeah, for I a very for, for a very brief moment for a br- very brief moment. Oh yeah. Okay. And and okay, you know. yeah. I mean, I I know Mark has Mark thinks very highly of Randy, and and I wouldn't oh, yeah? be surprised oh, yeah. if. if, if if Manny you Diaz ever does get that opportunity, I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. hey, um, yeah. one thing I did want to ask you about, Stephen, because, you know, you can relate to this a little bit. Uh, one of the hot topics around this team right now is Amon Richards and the injury Ooh. problems. that, he, that he, Amon Richards, the receiver, the, the injury oh, problems okay. that, that he's been going through and uh, had the great freshman year a couple years ago. And then last year it was a sophomore season and he was injured quite a bit and, 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 you know, missed several games. And, and then he got, he's been hurt again and, 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 and thought he was healthy this fall comes into the LSU game, gets hurt again and hasn't played since. And, uh, you know, now there's a lot of mystery over, you know, how serious, his injury might be and, and, and how soon can he come back? Is it wise for him to come back right now and all sorts of crazy things dealing with, with his health. Oh, yeah. And he's a kid that is believed to have a really good pro future. And the, and the reason I wanted you to talk about this subject a little bit is, is because of what you obviously went through in your career. And I mean, you were on top of the world, not too much different than what Amon Richard was coming out of. I mean, for for, for you, it, I believe it was after your sophomore year. Um, but you know, he like you, he he was on top of the world and 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 things mm-hmm. are going great. And you know, then he gets hurt, and 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 that ability has been compromised. And and you went through the same thing. I, I mean, you you had that serious knee injury, and and. I, I I mean you can comment better on this, but it, you you really weren't ever really the same Stephen McGuire that you were earlier in your career, and 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 this is the the challenge that Amon Richards is going to face now. And just talk about you know what that's like as as a college athlete uh, who's on top of the world. I mean this kid, people are thinking he's going to go out after this year and be a first round draft pick, and it's just not going to happen. He may not get on the field again this year. So, like, what what's oh, yeah. that like? You know, yeah, what's what's that like? You know, to be a college athlete looking forward, thinking, okay, I'm gonna get to go play in the National Football League, and I've got this great future, and then you got to sit there and, and battle a, a serious injury that that, that 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 keeps you from doing the things that you were able to do early in your career. Well, you know, you, you still have that in the back of your mind, like you think that injury is just right there, uh, uh, and you know. Looking back in hindsight, you know, who knows, 20 years ago, I should have sat out and did a medical research. But, you know, it's that competitive that, you know, as athletes have that you still have that that, that um you still could go out there and compete. And I should have sat out my research. I, I, I should have sat out my senior year, came back and took a medical research, and who knows what would have happened, you know. Maybe I would have got drafted. Maybe I would, who knows, you know. But life goes on, you know. You know, but maybe this this young man is probably going through the same thing. He's thinking same that, thing. Um, you know, yeah. Except that, the difference, I think, Steve, is that yours happened near the end of the season in the BC exactly. game. And, and and the truth be told, Gary, uh, on on the show is that that week, Stephen and I were at dinner and we were talking about him coming out. It was we were something mm-hmm. we were talking about. 
and then three days later, bang, that's what happened. Bang. It's the yep. truth. We were talking about it. He probably yep. was going to leave after his junior year after, the, after yep. what he did. Right, Steve? Yep. Yep. I, I had like 60. I, I was just talking to somebody, Kelvin um, uh, Harris. I was just talking to him on the radio show that, you know, that Boston College game. I had like 60 or 70 yards like in the first quarter. And I was, you know, we were driving. We were uh, running the ball on them, you know, because he was killing them. You know, and next you know, bam, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? Next you know, I'm sidelined. Uh, I'm trying to rush back. I'm not healthy. You know, I'm thinking I'm good, but, you know, I'm not. You know, so maybe if he's really injured, you know, just sit out this year or, you know, sit out until you can really get yourself healthy again and come back healthy as possible and continue your career as a college student, and it, you know, cause it's, and it's, it could it's, play you, out that you know, way. It's, it's, you know, like there's no rush, you know what I'm saying? There's no rush. You know, you come back, everything, you know, college is, is a great, great thing. You know, everything to pay for, you getting free food, rooming, housing, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Books, everything, you know? So there's no rush. Well, you know, every every week that goes by, I mean, that that becomes a live possibility. And we were talking about it earlier yeah, in the show yeah. today. For the first time, somebody mentioned redshirting Amon Richards to Mark Richt, and his his eyes kind of yeah. opened up. Like he, he, you know, this guy's the best receiver. They've got a good receivers now. They got a crowded receiver mm-hmm. room, but this guy exactly. is, is yeah. elite. Like he's the best of them, mm-hmm. Stephen. And and as a head coach. Mark Richt has not been programmed into anything seeing this guy out on the field. And today, when it was brought up to him that this concept that maybe Amon Richards could redshirt with the new redshirt rules, you could even play him in three more games this year and he could still redshirt. You know, Mark Richt said he hadn't really thought of that. And and, and I think what you mm-hmm. just said really is is, you know, very applicable to the situation and with every passing week that he's off to the side riding a bicycle on the practice field i think that's got to be on the table and uh you know the the way you you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i mean that might rest yourself you know this is you know this is your career you know saying believe you me there's no rush take it from me if if i had a chance to do all over again i would have set out the uh, 93 season and I just came back for the 94, and, and that was it. You know what I'm saying? And just gave it my best. You know, because you need that one extra year to really get your feet, you know, well, you know, my knee, you know, any injury yeah. back like that. You but, know, you know, so, everybody's got a destiny. Everybody's got a yeah, destiny, Stephen. And, 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 and just true. think just think about all the bad dudes that would be running the streets of New York if it weren't for what you've done over the last what, 20 years. I mean, believe me, because the bad dudes, they're still running the streets in New York. <laughs> but, but I mean, at least I, I can come make my, my annual trip to Manhattan and, and feel somewhat safe. As I, you know, yeah, sample the restaurants. The and then... <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, Stephen, Stephen is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. He really, and he laughs at everything. So it's great to talk to Stephen. Oh man! But when you got Caesar as your roommate, you're always laughing. I know, right? Caesar, who was from Maryland, so you know, I love those guys, man. You know, I love those guys at death, man. Uh, anyway, so the 35 touchdowns in your career, that's pretty awesome. Yes. You're right up at the top. And one of these days, something real good is going to happen for Steve. Yeah, something, something. Something's, Something's going to happen. 
Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, thank that, you right? so much, Stephen, for, for being part of the show. No problem, we really appreciate man. it. And uh, make no sure problem. that when you come so to town cool. that you, you get those meals in a Sicilian oven. I will they're, do. We'll do. They're our big-time sponsor <laughs> here of, of of this segment and of the show this year. Oh, yeah? And uh, okay. it's, no a, it's problem, a great – Great, great, great spot. Bruce will tell you all about it, and uh, make sure okay. you get yourself a good meal there. Uh, lots of good wings. He, he, and right. he will, and I'll pay. Just ask Mark. I don't think Mark's put a hand <laughs> in his pocket in two years. Are <laughs> <laughs> you guys? All right, all right guys. All right. Thank, thank right. you so much. Thank you. Yep. All right, they, take all right. care. Bye. All right, that's the Sicilian Oven Point Counterpoint segment with Bruce Warner and Stephen McGuire, and. Uh, just another one of the great guests that we've had this year on that segment. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, these former Canes, man, they're getting it done off the field out there in the real world with all of us. And uh, trust me, the streets of New York are safer with Stephen McGuire patrolling every day. All right, 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633 is the number. You hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. And let's go out to the 239. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how you doing? This is Joe from Fort Myers. Hey, what's up, Joe? What's going on, man? What's up, buddy? Oh, same old, same old, man. Great show, by the way. Good segment. I tell you what, Bruce is bringing it, man. So he's doing well. So good job on the uh, Sicilian kitchen or whatever it's called, uh, little segment S- there. S- Sicilian oven, yep. Sicilian oven, yeah. Special teams, Gary. Special teams. Um, we got to get that fixed. Another another block field goal. Um, you know, we all know what happened two years ago in our house. The last time we played FSU in our house and the block field goal at the end of the game. One of your calls already mentioned it. But special teams are killing us. Now, I understand Spicer got in there as well, didn't he? Yeah, he punted last game. He did. He did. Yes. I mean, I think they, I think there's a chance they might go back to Fegels this week. I mean, he, he's the better punter, but it, I think it was good to sit Fegels down for a week and just let him relax. You know, that's the problem with that guy. He, he's just a, he's just a bundle of nerves, and he he gets into the game and he doesn't perform the way he does on the practice field. And this is his second year now. He should be doing better. But you're absolutely right in what you just said. Uh, special teams have been pretty bad this year in just about every area. Uh, Bubba Baxa looks like he's coming on a little bit. He's becoming more reliable and and steady uh but yeah it, it's like you know kicks being blocked that's that's what the second one this year now i mean that's unacceptable you I think can't it's the third get... one three state three straight games. is it three or two two or three yeah it might be three i, I, I thought it was three but i could be wrong but but, right. but yeah i mean it's unacceptable and, and and you you know you just can't have that i mean that compromise mean, that compromises everything you, you saw what like you just said the, the, the fsu game two years ago uh, I mean that 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 blocked extra point. Did they lost the game over it? So and field position with LSU. I mean, what was our yep. average field position in the forties? You know, so it's yeah. It's, I mean, their average field position, ours was even worse. A um, couple other things, you know, one of the things about you, a couple of your callers mentioned about you know the, the, us running and it took us a couple of games. 
I think it's the fear of Nicosi. I think, uh, you know, uh, North Carolina dropped back a little bit. They weren't putting that eight in the box anymore, you know, like we saw with every other team that plays us. So I think Nicosi just brings another dynamic where it kind of keeps the defense on, on a little bit more edge versus Rozier is being so predictable and getting, you know, happy feet uh, when, when he gets a little bit of a rush. Your thoughts on, on that? Uh, it could potentially play out that way. But, you know, listen, I mean, everyone's beaten up on Rozier. He he gained a lot of yards with his feet. You know, he did a lot of damage in a lot of games last year with his feet. I mean, Nicosi's a little quicker, obviously, but not as, he's not as thick as Rozier. And, he's he you know, he's not going to be able to take the, some of the hits that Rozier took on some of those running plays. So, you know, I do not like – He is, but I don't like the idea of him running all over the place. You know, and, and I don't think you'll yeah, see that. And you haven't seen that to this point. And uh, but, you know, he is what he is capable of is using his feet to extend plays. And I think one of the things he does better than Rozier is he, he and, and some of the guys on the boards have, have made note of this as well. He keeps his eyes down the field. You know, Rozier, yeah. when Rozier did it, he tended to have his head down and and wasn't really looking you know, to improvise and make plays down the field. Nicosi, I think, you know, does a little better job of that. I, I agree. All right. And then lastly, because everybody else, you know, covered all my points. Uh, well, two things. Uh, um, Bandy on defense. That kid is just ferocious. Ferocious. He's the smallest guy on defense. Yeah, he he's just ferocious. He just attacks everybody. Um, I love, you know, I just, I just love his aggressiveness. He bleeds the, you know, orange and green, and he's just a dog at heart. And you know, that, that, that's old school Miami. Old school, no doubt. Old school. Yeah, okay, like you now, said, he's not that big. He's not that big of a kid. Uh, I don't know, you know, what his future is in pro football or not. You know, we'll see. But I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean as ferocious as can be, as good an attitude as you can possibly have. Uh, I put him right there next to Mike Harley as kids that just stand out to me as just having that nasty chip on their shoulder. And and it's funny because they're both, they're they're both little guys uh, who probably wouldn't be playing college football if they didn't have it. And uh, yeah, they just freaking will themselves to be good players. And they are. I, I love that guy. No. Okay. Not talking about FSU. You know, I totally agree with a lot of the other callers. I would love to blow them out by 30 points and so forth. I also agree with you. A win is a win. And, um, you know, I'll take it any way I can, especially in our house. But Hard Rock is becoming a little something that I never thought it would. That that atmosphere of, you know, I went to the North Carolina game. I got season tickets. So I went to the Carolina game, the North Carolina game. And uh, there wasn't that many people there. I would say about maybe – 45, 50% stadium filled, but with the little roof that they have now and those speakers, I don't know if they pump up extra crowd, I mean, extra, extra crowd noise, but I tell you what, it was getting loud where it was, uh, it was pretty intimidating out there. So, you know, I think FSU is um, that game in particular, obviously we need to win and I think we will, but uh, with, with what we got going on with hard rock and it coming back, it just seems like, you know, the world order is, is coming back at, you know, back at the way it should be. All the stars are aligning the way that they should be. Um, so, hey, great show, man. That's all I have for you. I appreciate you. And uh, keep me on hold. All right, man. Thank you for being part of it. Okay, 563-999-3633. Hit one on your keypad if you would like to join us on the show. And let's go to the 404 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 
Gary. Yes, sir. Uki O A. It's Uki. Hey, what's up, Uki? Glad to know you're still around. Much, man. Yeah, man, I'm back. You know, I'm happy. We got a new quarterback, so I'm 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 thrilled about it. But um, uh, you know, I just came came on came online to give some props. You know, to give some props to uh, you know, you can't just trash them when you want and not give them props. So you got to give props to uh, Mark Rick and John Junior, John John Rick as well. For you know how they handled the whole quarterback situation, especially with Perry bringing him along and you know putting him in situations where he can be successful. So you definitely got to give him props for that. And um, you know, just hey, just I think the kid, the kid is definitely going to be is he's going to be great. He's going to be a definitely great one. I don't you know I don't I don't know what to expect. To respect for him in his first FSU game, but I just I really got a good feeling about him. I really believe he's gonna be great. I know I know you have already high on Jason on um on the Williams kid. Yeah, Karen Williams. Could, yeah, but that, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't mean I'm not high on the cozy Uki. I mean, yeah. I, I, my yeah. my feeling is this: we haven't seen enough of either one of them, and we're not gonna see Jaron mm-hmm. Williams this year very much. But we haven't seen yeah, enough of either thing. one of them. To, to really have any kind of real opinions. I mean, we're all, you know, there's a lot of excitement about Nikozi. He's, he's fresh, he's new, he's not Malik and the whole thing. But, uh, you know, we don't know who's going to be better a year from now, for example. Gary, when is the last, what was the last quarterback we redshirted? I mean, I know, I don't, did Malik, Malik, did Malik redshirt? Nikozi redshirted, Malik redshirted, yep. Uh, but, okay, besides those two, when was the last quarterback we redshirted? We try to redshirt him, most of them. Kaya never redshirted, yeah, but, but Malik yeah, Kaya did. Kaya did. But before then, who was – was there – like, Corey didn't redshirt. He started as a true freshman, right? I think so, yeah. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, it's been a minute, I think, since we had a, a red shirt. Uh, we started a red shirt quarterback. I mean, and I think that he, he the, the benefit of that is showing, you know. Huge. And it's, it's a huge benefit, yeah. no doubt. And, yeah. and this new rule, yeah. Luki – this new rule is great for quarterbacks because they can get in the game a little bit and um, get their feet wet and 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 experience being in a game, but it, they can also redshirt. Right, right. So that's a, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And um, a couple of things I want to talk about today. Um, one thing I wanted to point out is uh, I want to talk about the O line. Um, I don't know. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's also a Kings fan, and then we was talking about. Um, the old, you know, just somebody posted something interesting on the board not too long ago about top teams that top programs that have produced old lines throughout the last ten years or so. And I know a lot of people took shots at Keo and saying he was a bad recruiter. And, and I had to think about it because I watched the NFL, I watched a lot of NFL games, and there's a lot of starting. Um, Lyman from the University of Miami in the past, at least that have played here the last five or six years that are starting right now and that were recruited by Keel. So, my whole thing is, I don't think this is a ta- it's a talent issue with our offensive line. I honestly believe it's, a, it's, it's really a coaching issue. And I, and I say this because, point example, 
Mario, how long has Mar- Mario's been with Oregon for like, about the same amount of time that Rick's been here at Miami? No, three, three no, 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 no. This least? is his second. This is his second year at Oregon. He he went there last year oh, as an assistant. Even, yeah, even worse. So okay, he's been there two years at Oregon, and we all know that Oregon and even they they were praising him about it. We all know Oregon's a been known as a finesse program, not known as a physical program, you know, that type of smash mouth football. And he's been able to bring in, come in and after two years and change the whole philosophy of Oregon football. And he's not working with a bunch of four or five stars over there. I mean, this is, this is the No, but, but let's be honest, Dookie. Let's be honest about one thing. He's got an elite quarterback, okay? That kid is the real deal, and that kid makes but that Gary, team hum. Gary, come on, Gary. Now, now but but here's what he's done. Wait, wait, let me tell you what he's done because I – No, no, no. Wait, no, Dookie, wait one second. No, 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 no. I'm a Mario supporter. I, I don't know how much you no, paid no, attention. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, let you, I'm, 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 I'm a believer in Mario, but the, the other thing he did that's great was he had a year to work on that offensive line position there, and he's built those guys into a really good offensive line. So when you put them together with that quarterback, who is probably the best player in the country uh, and could be the number one pick in the NFL draft next year, uh, that gives them a good starting point. I, okay, Gary. So I, I get your point about that, right? But you can't mm-hmm. say, well, he has a great quarter. He has this great quarterback, and then people, because then that goes back to saying that, okay, was Kaya overrated? Was well, you're overrated trying. Kaya? If well, I think you're trying to make the I case know, that he okay. that he's doing this great job in one year, and and that we should expect Rick to do the same. And I I don't know that no, you're comparing apples that. to apples. I'm not saying. No, I'm not saying that, Gary. Rick's been at Miami three years now. Okay. Correct. Rick's been at Miami. Rick's been at and Miami three years now, and correct. I'm not saying that the the O line should be looking like you know Alabama's O line, but you should see some type of improvement. You know, I mean, you should see Come some on, type man. of improvement. We go but, through this. But, we go through. But, but, you but and I go through this all the time. They won nine games in year one. They won ten games last year, and if they don't screw up, they're going to win eleven games this year. Gary, listen. I'm not talking before, about before you get into Charlotte and the bowl game. Before you get into Charlotte and the bowl game. I mean, come on, man. Like, be fair. Okay, but what does that have to do with improvement? Because when you line up, because we all saw what the O-line did against a team that had a, 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 a pretty good distance of line team. Like, it's LSU. So, I mean, so what are we saying? What are we saying that it's okay that they suck against teams like LSU? But as long as they perform against teams like Savannah State and North Carolina, that's what you get. What I'm saying, Gary? Like my, my whole thing is this, Gary. Your person, and even even the commentators pointed out, person that the, the team takes on the co- personality of your coach. Mario's intensity is a very intensity, tough nose, throwback cane, throwback. Yeah, cane. To- and it's totally intensity. different style. And he and that team has took on the personality. I'm not saying that they about to win a national championship or anything like that, but it's clearly his thumbprint is going is on that. You know, it's, it's on that. It jumps right off now. the That's TV what. screen. You're absolutely right. It does. Yeah. It jumps off the TV so, screen. Mark, they they've taken yeah. on his personality, no doubt. That's not who Mark Richt is. You're not going to see. The, you're not going to see the exact same thing. And my that's my point exactly. So how do we know what we have our old line? If you know what I'm saying, like if we not sure, even sure that the coaching is at par, because let's not. Well, I mean, I think they're getting better. 
Don't you think they've been getting better, Rookie? Gary, how they've been getting better each week. The offensive line guys. Don't you think? But how do you? But how do you know they're getting better if they're? Look at the last few teams they played, Gary. Oh, I I agree with you. They, they've been playing garbage teams, no question. But it, it, at least it looks like they're getting better. We'll find out. Yeah, it looks it kinda. Looks, it looks it looks they looks good, and we're gonna we're gonna definitely find out Saturday versus Florida State. But my whole thing is, you know, you know, I just I just you know just wondering like you know how how um. You know, is it really? Are we are we are we going to ignore the coaching aspect when it comes to our online? But I want to move on to something else right quick, and then I'm going to hang up. Wait, um, let me ask you a question. Has- I'm just curious about this. Let me ask you a question. What is it about coaches? I mean, you're not alone. I mean, there's there, there's like guys always want to jump on coaches. But Gary, because because Gary, because a lot of as, as much as people want to make a big, it's say try to downplay coaching doesn't make a make a difference. It does. Gary. Makes a huge difference. It does. It does. And it's just like and and, and I don't and I hate to hate to go back to uh, Georgia. Uh, it's just prime prime example, Gary. Prime example. And I'm not saying that Mark Rick can't coach. Football is a game of intensity. It's a game of momentum, and Mark Rick, he could be a good X's and O guy, good game planner, and all of that. You know what I mean? But at the same time, when it's when it, when it's, when it's when it's trying to lace him up, is it, is is he the type of coach that's going to, you know, that these players are going to like be up to play every team? Every game, you know, well, or just be. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I think if we're honest, if we're honest, Dookie, you, you, you know, you, you open up a legitimate point for debate. Okay, year one, team was okay. It was his first year. They lost four straight games. That was bad. Okay, and that, and, and that was a horrible stretch. And yeah, like I, I, I point to like that Virginia Tech game where they had eight, eight sacks. Brad Kaya. Right. I mean, that's like that's ridiculous. I mean, that's you're right. I mean, that that reeks guy, that reeks of not being ready to play. I mean, you're you know right. you, you 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 could you could criticize that all day and be be totally fair. Uh, you is know, it, a, last year's Pittsburgh game, the Pittsburgh game last year was horrendous. I mean, you have every right. anything you could say about that, you would be justified in being very fair. The LSU game exactly. this year was worse than horrendous. So and, and I mean, I'm not even, and you know, and after seeing the last three games, I'm not even mad at the LSU game anymore. Let me tell you why. And some guy, I guess that was on the board talking about that. Uh, talking, I guess he was having some debate about why he felt like Malik should be playing over Perry or something like that. And then saying that Perry didn't play against somebody, he played against North Carolina. He's, you know, something about him playing against North Carolina, or whatever. But Malik started last started the North Carolina game, and North Carolina had 16 starters out, and when and they took us to the woods, damn near to the woodshed. And we had to damn, we had to do every pull everything out to win that game, and they had 16 players out last game, and so my whole thing is my whole thing is this. He he puts in Perry. Obviously, Perry's a better a better quarterback, talented quarterback. Malik may know the playbook, 
or, you know, he may be more mature, he may be more whatever, but the more talented quarterback is definitely Perry. So my whole thing is we don't we we don't really know what what LSU could have been like if Perry had to play. And I know coaches want to say that he wasn't ready and he wasn't that well, he was, and he wasn't. No, he was he was suspended. But he, he, I don't yeah, but I don't yeah. think he, yeah. I don't think he would have made a difference in that game. But you know, he, here's what I'm going to say. Uh, just just to, you know, and I acknowledged all the places where you without question have legitimate points, but here's what I'm going to throw out there. The best, there's four coaches in college football that have won titles. That's number one. Number two, if you look, who's the best guy? Who's the best in the game right now? Nick Saban, right? Right. He loses, he loses games that, that are just as bad as Miami's loss to LSU. Urban Meyer, probably number two. He loses games that are just as bad. He loses pretty much one every year almost. That's just as bad as Miami's loss against LSU. You know, it, it, it's hard to win every game. But this is not now, about winning every if, game. Here. But it's if, if they go 11-1 and one this year, which they still might, that's forward progress. It is. It definitely is more than forward progress. It's, 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 yeah. It's exciting. It's exciting. So, I you mean, can't, you don't get do-overs. They, they screwed up the LSU game. Let's move past that. I don't want to talk about coaching anymore. But – I do want to talk about Florida State, Miami, Florida State. And I also want to talk about the rivalry itself. You know, like, I mean, I just remember growing up and, you know what I'm saying, remember game of the century, those type of games, you know, just the hype, the the, the Saturday. It's like Saturday, working up Saturday morning was like Christmas, you know, when that, when that rivalry when that rivalry was happening because you know it was going to be a big game. I grew up in Atlanta. So I grew up in SEC country, Georgia, a bunch of Tennessee fans, you know, Mississippi State fans, all of that. But I, I'm telling you, everybody was talking about Miami, Florida State. Nobody cared about any other game but that game. And I say this to say this, and I get it. Miami fans want Florida State to suck because we suck for so long, and they feel like it's going to help us with recruiting. But the truth is, I don't. I, I, I'm I'm cool with them being the way they are now, but at some point I want them to be good again, because I want to have a competitive rivalry again. I want to be go to a game where it's hype, where we are the center of attention, one versus two or three or whatever. I want that again. I want to be able to experience that again, because it's nothing like it. It's nothing like it. When I mean, you, I remember this. I went back and watched, I think it was like the 91 game or something. They was talking about the NFL talent between both teams. How it's like It was like unreal, unseen before. Un, unseen before. And I get it. We've been down so long, people just want Florida State to just suffer the way we suffer. But basically, both, we both have built our programs off of each other, off of, off of this rivalry, if you really want to look at it. The rival, our programs were built off of each other. You go back to look at when um, Schellenberger and Bobby did the the Sports Illustrated um, photo shoot. That's what that's what the vision was to make Miami and Florida State like how Michigan and Ohio State was. So like, I know like people feel like oh it's like a cootie thing or whatever. We gonna get who we get. You gonna have people. You gonna have these kids that are kids. You gonna have these kids that are that are that are knows. That's just how it is. How it is. But 
But at the same time, you know what I'm saying, we're going to get ours, they're going to get theirs. But I want to see a good game. I want to see a good game against good, great teams, great teams. I'm I'm cool with where it is now because yeah we need we need that we need to get we need to get our foot back in the door, but at the same time man it ain't nothing like when Florida State and Miami both have national national title aspirations. It, it's not a game. It's not a game in the in the nation that can rival that. And I don't know if some of these young guys, younger Kings, have ever ever experienced that. But when you when you experience that a game like that, man, it's nothing like it. It's nothing like it. And like I'm hype about the game Friday. I mean Saturday, but at the same time, um, you know, I wish it meant a little bit more. I just wish it meant a little bit more because yeah. it's just nothing. Well, at least they're putting it, like, it on this, this on t- on TV at three thirty, you know, which is a pretty good slot, yeah. you know. Yeah, it is. It is. But I mean, you know, just listening to you and Stephen McQuire talking about, you know, those games, and you know, it's, it, it meant so much more, Gary. And I hope, yeah. I hope that if I, I hope it get back to that point because it's nothing like being the center of attention, being this, you know, you like he said, the national championship ran, ran through Miami and Florida State. That's that's how it was. That's how it was. And it's, that's 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 a great feeling. That's a great feeling. I I pray and hope that one day it gets back to that point. You know, uh, I hate Florida State. I hate Florida just like just like the rest of us. But at the same time, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a college football fan. I'm a I'm I, I love competitiveness. I don't you know what I'm saying. I don't want to just watch. You know what I'm saying. Games meaningless games. I don't want to. I don't get I don't get a thrill of beating a, a Florida State team that. That's basically, you know what I'm saying, playing for nothing. So, you know, I want, even though I know they're going to break it Saturday because it's rivalry, I know they're going to break it. But at the same time, it just being that if it's meaningful, if it's we're playing for something, it's just so much better. Right, yeah. right, right, left. You don't, you don't have those type of games. No, nope, but unfortunately, Miami went three. through its down period, and now Florida State looks like they're about to go through exactly. their down period. So you know, exactly. it, may, it might be a while before it takes on the kind of meaning that Stephen McGuire played. With. But uh, Uki, anyway, thank you uh, so much for being part of the show, man. Great thoughts. All right, Gary. Give Give us a shout next week. Thanks, man. All right. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six. Uh, Let me take a moment here and attack a few of these questions that were uh, submitted on the message boards at canesport.com. Will we see some offensive wrinkles on Saturday? I mean, Mark Rick threw the ball 12 times against North Carolina. Uh, I got to believe that part of that was that the running game was doing well. And part of that was he's got a lot of pass offense that they've been working on the last few weeks in practice that he just decided to save for the Florida state game. And uh, I don't know if you call them wrinkles or not. We'll see. We'll see if he throws a trick play or something in there uh, somewhere along the line. Uh, But I do think that there is a a considerable amount of offense that we haven't seen uh, yet this season and uh, no better time to to whip that out than Saturday at hard rock stadium, because let's, let's face it. uh, They got to end this 
this this home losing streak to Florida State. I mean, that's like the 2004. I mean, that's got to go. So, uh, yeah, I expect Mark Rick to pull out all the stops on Saturday, whatever that ends up meaning. So talk about speculation. The next one that came in is this. Say the Canes get to the ACC title game with just one loss and beat Clemson. Okay, that's presumptuous, but okay. While unbeaten's Bama and Georgia play for the SEC title, and Georgia wins that game to get in the playoffs. Meanwhile, Notre Dame or Ohio State or Oklahoma lock up two of the three remaining spots in the college football playoff. If it comes down to a one-loss Miami team that's the ACC champ and a one-loss Bama team that just lost the SEC championship game, who does the committee pick for the last spot? Does it Bama, which it's done in the past, or choose the Canes? i got to believe that if they want to maintain the integrity of the college football playoff system in a scenario like that, and I think we're putting a lot of carts before horses here. Uh, let's get to that point first. But uh, I think that they're, they'd be screwing up the integrity of the whole thing if they don't put the ACC champion in the playoffs at, at that point. And Alabama's just would have, just have to sit it out this year um, like other teams have had to in the past. I mean, they got the benefit of the doubt last year. They took advantage of it. They won the national title. Uh, but in in the scenario that 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 poster describes, I have, to, I have to think that if they want to maintain the integrity of what they're doing, that the ACC champion that's got that's a one loss team has to get the nod over the SEC runner up that's a one loss team. We'll see what happens. And then another uh, poster flipped this scenario and said Georgia loses, Alabama wins. Does Georgia get the benefit of the doubt? And I would say the same thing with an even greater exclamation point, which would be, no, they don't get the benefit of the doubt. They're the conference runner-up. They had the chance to play Bama. They lost. At that point, you got to take the ACC champion that would have won 11 straight games, would have beaten Clemson, which will be, you know, could be the number one, number two, number three team at that point. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I, I think you would have to give Miami the nod in that situation as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. What would you do? I guess they're asking me this question. What would I do if uh, if I were game planning against Florida State? Well, I would say that you got to start with stopping the run for sure. Willie Taggart has always preferred to feature the running game. Runs the ball typically through history about 60% of the time. And um, one of the real beefs in Tallahassee right now is how predictable his play calling is in terms of running the ball on early downs in FSU getting in bad situations. I think I mentioned earlier in the show that they're 119 in the country on third down. And the biggest reason for that is that they've been in bad down, down in uh, distance situations and haven't been able to convert and their offensive line stinks and a lot of pressure on DeAndre Francois and you could go on and on and on. Now there's always the possibility that Taggart comes out on Saturday and switches things up and decides to go to more play action on first down. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see that. And uh, Miami's got to be ready for that. And Manny Diaz is going to have to be real smart in how he calls this game. But uh, there is no question that a big key is keeping Cam Akers from impacting the game. I think he's one of the best running backs in the country who never gets to show it because his offensive line stinks. And I think you got to keep it that way. And you got to negate Cam Akers in this game. Okay. 
Um, offensively, I think it's about balance. Uh, the Knowles are, uh, you might find this surprising because of the perception of how bad they are because of their struggles, but they're actually the number 13 team in the country against the run. They're pretty decent stopping the run. They got a couple, you know, decent defensive tackles in the middle there. And it might not be as easy sledding as it was running the ball against North Carolina, for example. Uh, they figured to load up against the run, I think. I think it's obvious. I mean, if you're if you're them game planning against Miami, you're going to try to make Nicozy Perry beat you. Um, and that's where Mark Rick's play calling has to come in. And if they stack the box, he's got to take some shots on first down and make them pay for it. And uh be interesting to see if it plays out that way. All right, we'll get back to a few more here in a moment, but let's go back to your calls. 563-999-3633 is the number. 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go now to the 850. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? This is Rod in Atlanta. Hey, what's up, man? What you got for us? I had a quick question. Do you know why they don't play the turnover chain song at the stadium? You know, somebody else asked me about that today. And if there was ever a time to to play it, I mean, it was the other day. And people want to hear it. In fact, let's take a time out. Turn over chain, 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 turn over chain. You see big homie get a fumble. He get a turn over chain. See big homie get a pick off. He get a turn over chain. 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 You see the whole crowd don't use us. We want that turn over chain. See the whole crowd going crazy. We want that turn over chain. Turn over chain. Turn over chain is deeper than jewelry, deeper than blink. It's deeper. See, this is our thing, and you as a team is strictly for cake. For you. Invented the swag, you rented and brag, but we want it back. Let me get that. But you can keep the old one, cause we keep something new in the bag. All of these players is hungry, don't come in here thinking it's funny. We aiming for something, rocking the chains when it's sunny. Even when raining and slumming, we ain't gonna be coming. Hope we call the don't take a sweep. The defense to make them take a seat. And if somebody strip the ball out, then somebody get a Cuban link. Now you know how I go with the fans though. We be going wild out in the stands though. If you're not with a team, you're not familiar. If you throwing you up, you're not familiar. Come on, get loose like a band, trombone. Throw three or five up, my home. CWA, tell them about it. All the canes going wild when we yelling this out. Turn over chain, turn over chain, turn over chain, turn over chain. So I don't hear anything in there that would be offensive in the stadium. Right. But but I was um hollering at Solo D on on Twitter uh like today and yesterday and he don't even know why they won't play it. Yeah, I don't so know. I, I mean, it, like, it, I'm trying to get it going it, on on Twitter, trying to get it trending. Um, and um asking asking some people to see what's up. Maybe they'll play it this weekend. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but, if there was ever a time to play it, it was the other day. <laughs> I mean, six turnovers. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, especially when recruits gonna be recruits gonna be in the house, the, the fans will get going. I mean, it'll be just gonna be a crazy atmosphere. So. Uh, maybe you can ask some of the coaches that um, out at practice or something. Or maybe, yeah, maybe it's definitely not the coaches. Here. The coaches aren't aren't making that call. But I'll I'll try to inquire about that. that yeah, that's a that's a good question. I mean, I, my first thought was there must be some curse words or something in the song. But I mean, there's nothing in there that I heard that's offensive. 
Right, it's pretty clean. But yeah, uh, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, and shout out, shout out to Solo D, and shout out to all the Canes fan, man. Appreciate it, Gary. Yep. That's it. Yep, that's it. You're done with us, all right, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Glad uh, that that was good. That was a good, nice little one or so minute break there to hear hear that song because it was appropriate the way the defense played last week. Great job. All right, let's go out to the three one eight. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? You know, it's just Port City Kane coming. Hey, what's the Port City? Night, uh, not much. Uh, I was in. I enjoyed the game last night. Uh, meaning, I enjoyed the game Thursday night. All the turnovers and stuff like that. But last week, there was a topic where you know, uh, I think it was Collins and a number of people were talking about that we weren't uh, having any pre uh, pre snap motion and all the rest of it. And I think what uh, Coach Rick is doing is uh, he's kind of putting the identity to all our perspective opponents on tape right now and they think that that's the way we're going to run it and then in our last game you know to be able to have that in the hip pocket you know and be able to come with all that motion in the last games I think it'd be difficult if we uh for a team like Clemson to be able to read us if we start making all those motions and stuff like that and I think that uh coach Rick is the type of person that always want to have an extra trick up his sleeve that he can come in in a big game and throw on somebody. So I hope that that's what he's doing as far as not having those uh, pre-snap motions and all the rest of that. Do you think this uh, could be the case, uh, Gary? I hope so. I hope it's the case because they, they haven't yeah. been showing up in, in, in too many of these games against good teams this year, Port City. And, like, I mean, that's got to change. Man. You, you know, you just can't keep getting beaten so badly when you play good teams the way they have been and uh you know things are going well right now they they peeled off four straight victories but i think a caller a couple calls ago might have been uki you know pointed out very astutely these aren't these aren't really very good teams that they're playing right now uh you know and and you know, we'll see how Florida State shows up on Saturday, but they haven't really, really, really been tested since LSU, if we're honest. And I don't, you I know. know. But I'm going to tell, tell you this, Gary. Louisville should have won that game by at least 21 points. No at doubt. At least 21 points. Because, and they're man, not a very good team. They're not a very good team. They should have won that no. game by at least 21 points. And even, I mean, it's just like they had seven chances to get to heaven and they still found hell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if Florida State shows up Saturday, the same Florida State that's played so far this season, they're gonna get they're gonna get run out of the stadium. They show up because I'm gonna tell you this right here. I look for Darrell Langham to have a huge game. Him and Cager should have a huge game because they don't have any size on the uh, any size or experience at that cornerback position. And I that what you what we have to do is get out to a five star, fast start and break those guys out of the shell that they want to be in. You know, the shell that they want to be in. And if we yeah. do that, then you're going to see you're going to see that, that song going to be getting played, that turnover change. Yeah. No, if, then, if Miami starts fast, FSU will quit. They're, that team has got to – yeah, I agree. They, they will – if they can start fast, it's over. Yeah, hey, but I've been, I've been hearing they had on other sites that it's not over with Tyreek Seeks. But what I heard, they said it's not, it's it's not. not quite over. I don't know. It's not, it's not over. over. No, it's not it's over. Not over it's yet. not over. Miami, Miami's hanging in there, and they're fighting. But Georgia's the favorite right now. 
Because they say the fat lady has a song on that one. So, no, it has hopefully, a song. Uh, <laughs> hopefully she don't sing. But you know, uh, what, would, it, would it be surprising if Evan Neal shows up at the game? Oh, I expect almost everybody to show up at the game. Okay then. Well, we just need to. I think on. Uh, I think we just need a big win. And this, this as a Canes fan, just like some of the rest of the old guys were saying, there's three teams a real Canes fan just dislike. I wouldn't say hate, because you know that's just probably a little strong word. But there's three teams we dislike: Florida State, Florida, and Notre Dame. Those are the three teams that no matter what time, what what time of the season it is, we we just really dislike. So I just think we're gonna come out there and play well, but I think the biggest key for us, as far as winning this game, is just being disciplined. You know, we got to be disciplined, not get caught up in the moment, and don't give these guys any hope. You know, we got to crush their hope in the early stages of this game, and then once we crush their hope in the early stages of the game, go ahead on and put it on, put it on them. Uh, and I think uh, the uh, next person that really has to have a huge game is Jared Willis. Jerry Willis has to have an absolute monster game. If he has a monster game uh, is, is where he should be, then I think we'll be well on our way. But uh, are you? But but we you said something about a, a Ken Dent. And uh, let me ask you this question: uh, Are they still? Are we still going after Jordan Battle? Uh they are. But I don't think there's gonna there's a lot of traction there. I think that kid's pretty set on Ohio State. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but so does that mean that uh, with him being set on Ohio State, does that mean that Cornelius Nunn is uh is really on his if if we if they stay on him that he's gonna he's gonna flip away from uh, Syracuse and become a Kane? Yeah, I think so. Now, how good is that guy? Uh, I think he's good. I mean, he's not a Keem Dent, Tyreek Stevenson, elite good, but he 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 could be like a. What's the best analogy I can make? I mean, he could be like a Trajan Bandy type player, maybe. You know, or a DJ, a DJ, a DJ Ivy type player, or you know, I mean, he's not elite, but he could be a good football player. Let me ask you. I got two questions, and then I'm gone. Do you think Blaze kind of shocked you with how good he is? No, because he hasn't done anything yet. I mean, he's playing. He's doing a good job playing in uh, in select spots against. Against um, you know pretty pretty average teams, I mean pretty average or bad teams. But he's I, I don't want to diminish what he's doing. He's doing a nice job. He's doing a good job on special teams, which I expected him to do from the beginning. Um, I'm not ready to put him out there for 60 snaps as a corner against a good team. So no, he's not surprising me. And that Romeo Finley guy showed up again. Now Romeo Finley is surprising me. Okay, I'm glad you brought him up. <laughs> He is surprising me. He is playing unbelievable, okay? Unbelievable. And I don't know if everybody's been noticing it or not, but he has been playing unbelievable. In fact, if if you look at uh, – and, and pro football focus, they're, I mean, they're not the ultimate, ultimate, okay? But if in the pro football focus ratings, um, if, if you look at the, at the, at the season, um, I believe – and I'm going to double check this while we're talking. He might be the highest rated defensive player on the team, even ahead of Joe Jackson. I mean, he, he has been playing unbelievable. I mean, he really, really has. And, um, you know, props out to that kid because, you know, he's, he's played 118 snaps this year. Okay. 
And they've got him. He's got an 87.3 grade on Pro Football Focus, which is the highest on the team. Joe Jackson second at 84.5. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, maybe he was just standing there waiting to just till they created the striker position. <laughs> I mean, it's made. It's apparently made for him. I mean, and. You know, I'll be honest. I mean, I, I what I saw of Derek Smith last year, I thought he was going to be pretty good, and I was expecting him to be the number one striker this year. And man, and Romeo took the job from him in, in fall camp and just seized it. And I was wondering about that a little bit, but he is playing unbelievable. And now we're seeing why uh, they put they put him out there first. And, and you know, Co- Coach Coach Banda and Coach Patsky and those guys are doing a great job with Romeo. And let me ask you this, and finally this. Who is a guy that's already committed, and I'm not talking about, not Jafari Harvey, Harvey, okay? Who's another guy that's already committed that you feel like is going to be a pleasant surprise in this recruiting class that we have right now? Oh, let me take a look at it. Uh, Let's see. You know, I I think you'd have to include Jalar Holly from Georgia, you know, as a guy that not many people really think about like that. He's a three-star defensive tackle. Um, I think he's got potential to be a surprise. Um, I mean, everybody's excited about Jafari Harvey, so I can't really include him. Uh, The Brownlee kid at at Carroll City is one that might be able to outperform his ranking. He's a three-star right now. Uh, you know, he could develop into a, into a decent player. Uh, let's see. I like Avery Huff, the linebacker at St. Thomas. Uh, he's yeah, a four-star, no but, but but I think he could be pretty good. Um, I like Michael Tarquin, but he's a, he's a four-star, so I, I guess he doesn't really qualify. Uh, I think Jeremiah Payton, well, he's a four-star also, but he, he could be a very good football player. I think Marcus Crowley is a good player as a running back. He's a three-star. He could outperform that as a running back. And then the, uh, the Kingsley uh, Egwakon kid out of Jacksonville, who's also a three-star, uh, I think could turn out to be a pretty decent center. So there's a, there's a few of them that could outperform but, the ranking. But you know, but you know like I, I did, they say it's going to be a dog fight for Kingsley. That Auburn is yeah, I'm not buying that. I know, I know. He's been he's made a few trips to Auburn and whatever, but I'm not buying it. I think he'll be a hurricane. Okay, then, wait, let me ask you this: Who's the guy? And this is the final question. I want you to have a blessed night after this. But who's the guy who's not committed right now? Who you're in a dog fight for? Who you think will will be in this class? Oh man, I I, I think there's a whole whole bunch of those guys that are not committed yet that are going to be in the class. Uh, I mean. Kenny McIntosh at running back. Uh, I think they got here's a, here's here, here's the sleeper to watch. Uh, I think they got a great chance to take this Jaden Hazelwood out of Georgia. And he's committed to Georgia right now, but I think his interest in Miami is genuine. And I he's going to official visit this week for the Florida State game, and I, I really think that they got a shot to to get Jaden Hazelwood. I really do. Uh, I think they're going to get Keon Zipper. The tight end out of Lakeland. I wish they mm-hmm. weren't really gonna. If that's the case, I wish they weren't gonna leave this Jalen Woodmeyer kid from take Dickinson, Texas, out there on the table because I, I like him. I think he's really, really good. He's gonna visit for the Duke game, but I think if they get Zipper 
to go with uh, what they've already taken in Larry Hodges. They're not going to take three tight ends, so he would probably go fall to somebody else. But I really like Jalen Woodmire, and I think they could get him if Zipper doesn't come, but I think Zipper is going to come. Uh, let's see. I think they got a decent shot at Evan Neal. Uh, you know, I think they're right in that one. I think they got a decent shot. There's a kid named Darius Washington from Pensacola. Um, he's, mm-hmm. he's gonna, he, he's committed to Mississippi state, but he's going to visit this week on an official for the FSU game. I think they got a shot to flip him. Uh, I think they're going to get Chris Vogel defensive end out of Cardinal Gibbons. Uh, great, great shot there. Uh, I think they're going to get Braylon Ingram out of St. Thomas. Real good shot there. Uh, I think they're going to get Lloyd Summerall, the defensive end out of Auburndale. Really good shot there. I think they got a decent shot to get J.J. Weaver, who's official visiting this weekend as well for the Florida State game. He's a defensive end linebacker out of uh, Louisville. Uh, I think they got a decent shot there. Uh, so you're seeing a lot, a lot of guys. I think they, you know, Akeem Dent or, or – um, or Tyreek could end up in this class, uh, especially Akeem. I think they're starting to really do well there. Uh, Cornelius Nunn is another one that I think he will flip off of Syracuse to Miami. I think they're going to get Mark Richards. So, man, like you see, there, there, there's a whole lot left out there. Uh, and the, I, I don't know that they're going to get every single one of those guys that I just mentioned, but I think there's a chance they're going to get get several of them and I don't know how they're going to fit them all in the class because they're sitting on 17 commits right now um there might be you know one or two of these guys that might have to I don't know man like who who might fall by the wayside or what but uh there's a lot of a a lot of guys out there that I think are going to be in the class so we'll see yeah but hey look you have a blessed night Gary all right man great talking to you give us a call next time all right guys we're going down the stretch here uh, the number is 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um, if, if you're sitting out there and you're thinking about it, now's the time to make your move. I got a few more calls here I'm getting ready to get to right now. But uh, if you want to get on the board for tonight, now's the time to do it because we'll be wrapping up the show at some point here uh, once we uh, clear the board. So uh, let's go out now to the 954. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Hey, who's this? Can you hear me? Hey, Gary. Yeah, I can hear you. JJ13, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, man? What you got for us tonight? Uh, a couple of things. Um, uh, one thing that I was, uh, wanted to comment on, I know they were talking a little bit earlier about Miami's coaching, and um, I don't know, I heard a couple of callers opine on the lack thereof, I would have to say from what I've seen from LSU up until now, actually, you know, like what I'm seeing more and more and more out of um, Coach Mark Rick, especially in the offense, um, you know, like, uh, could you just comment on, you know, how you feel about the run game and also the offensive line? But I like what I'm seeing so far. Yeah, I mean, uh, with the qualifier being these teams have not been real good that they've been playing. I mean, I think Mark Rick's doing a nice job of play calling. I think that the after a very slow start against LSU, the running backs have come on and performed very, very well. I think that the offensive line is getting better each week. Um, you know, again, with the qualifier being, I don't, I'm not very impressed with who they've been playing, uh, but they have been getting better each week, which they should be. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it's all good. I, you just the degree of difficulty just at some point has to get greater so that we could see what you really have here. But I think they're going to be tested in some of these road games coming up. Uh, you know, I think they, you know, Florida State obviously has some athletes that can test on on Saturday. I think uh, don't sleep on the game at Virginia. Virginia's been playing some decent football this year, and Miami's going to have that Florida State hangover that is natural. Um, you know, that game could 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 get kind of interesting if the Canes don't go up there with their heads screwed on straight. I think that Friday night game at Boston College, you know, the way they run the ball and and, and all could you know could get a little interesting. Um, obviously the road game to Virginia tech, which figures to possibly be a night game in Blacksburg. I mean, that's always problematic. So, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be some challenges out there. Even Georgia tech uh, as bad as they've struggled can put together a game on offense. I mean, they hit South Florida for 600 yards on, in, in offense and in, in that, in that game against South Florida. So you never know what you're going to get from those guys also. So uh, hopefully We'll get to see some degrees of difficulty. I mean, I, I guess everyone's hoping you win every game 50 to nothing. But at some point, I got to believe that Miami's going to be tested a little bit here. And we're going to get to see what the, this team's really made of and when it has to dig deep and, and all. But uh, I agree with you. So far, you know, other than once we got past that LSU debacle, it's been pretty good. Yeah, I kind of feel like Rick is figuring out is you know time is good on his personnel like especially as far as he's now you know kind of plugging dj dallas 1a 1b with homer you know and he's you know like breaking off some good yards here and there and in the offensive line you know i see where they're kind of you know interchanging a couple people but it looks like like i know they have bullware now pretty much starting over jaheer jones and they're rotating skates with st louis and donaldson so i see where it seems like it's going in the direction they're figuring out who their ballers are, you know, when Saturday comes, you know. Yeah, well, that's natural. I mean, Scaife's a freshman. Denzel Boulware was playing for Tennessee last year. DJ Dallas was transitioning from a quarterback athlete into a running back a year ago. And you're seeing what a difference a year can make. I mean, DJ, is look, he looks like he's been playing running back his whole life now. And he, he's been playing great, and he deserves to be sharing reps with Homer. So, you know, yeah, I think that's part of coaching. You know, you keep developing your players. Yeah, you, you keep evaluating where you are, who can do what, and put them in good positions. And they should be looking good because if a coach is doing a good job, he's going to put Homer and DJ in positions to perform well on Saturday. Um. Also, I agree with the point made up about Romeo Finley. I want to say if it hasn't been every game, it's been probably three out of four games. He's made some key tackles, like it was against some team. It wasn't this week. It was maybe with FIU or even Toledo. Um, he made a nice tackle behind the line of scrimmage on a guy. You know, inter- interception return. So he definitely is coming to play. Like he's, you know, he was a four-star recruiter. I remember he was like a last-minute signing with Rick when Rick came aboard. Um, but he's a guy yeah, he's- that to me is living up to. But. He's no, you're right. He's he's thriving in that striker role, absolutely thriving. Way way better for him than than pure safety was. Oh yeah, no, I like what I'm seeing. And then you know, like you guys are also saying, Bandy, as far as the DBs are concerned, uh, him and Redwine. I know you know Jaquan Johnson's been out, but him and Redwine have been pretty solid. I, even going back to the LSU game, me personally, like when Bandy got thrown out the game, like I think it was like the first series on defense or 
second series, I knew then that was going to be bad for him because he he always rises to the occasion against the big-time competition, Notre Dame last year. So he always comes to play. Yep, no doubt. And what else you got tonight? Um, well, one other quick question. Um, just wanted to, you to elaborate a little bit more on the recruit uh, question. So I saw where they had Cardell Thomas scheduled to come, and he was supposed to, and then he said something like, <laughs> Miami, he hasn't heard from as much, you know, from which. Yeah, I, I think or, you know, just, I think that one's pretty pretty much settling in at LSU. I think once once when LSU beat Miami pretty good and and Cardell had the things to say after that game that he did, which were very pro LSU. Uh, I I think oh. it became fairly obvious that he's really going to LSU as expected, which he is, and and there's no point in Miami wasting time flying to Louisiana. And, and all that and to try to recruit him. And, yeah, I think they're just going to let him go to LSU. Gotcha. Yeah, that was the question I had, which is pretty much was it something he said. So that, you know, answers that. Anybody else on the offensive line outside of Evan Neal um, that hasn't already committed to Miami that you think is one to keep an eye on uh, that they could use? I know they still look like they could use definitely some tackles. Well, I, I keep an eye on, like I said, Darius Washington. Uh, he's, he's a Mississippi State commit right now out of Pensacola. I think Miami's got a decent shot of getting him. Uh, that's that's the one that really comes to mind right now. Okay, okay. And the other guy that they have one time they brought up that I don't know if it was said back maybe um, earlier in the spring or something like that, that Miami cooled on that I was really curious about was that Diavi Hammond guy that's playing for IMG. He has real good size and looks tenacious, but um, anything you heard as far as, like, at one time I think Miami had offered him or something, or what happened with him? Uh, I'm not sure on that one. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, that's all I have for now, but, yeah, great show, Gary. You know, love the uh, counterpoint segment, and keep it going. All right, man. Thank you for being part of it. All right. All right, let's go out to the 203. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Well, I think, Laura, this being more importantly than anything else, the political process, if this gives them some... All right, you're obviously having a phone conversation or something. I'll give you another shot in a minute. Uh, But right now, you're the last caller on the board. Uh, If anybody wants to to get in here at the last second, like I said, now is the time. I'm going to attack a few more of these questions that were posted on the message boards. Uh, Who do you expect to take the first punt? Well... There hasn't been a lot of conversation about this, but uh, I would not be surprised if they give Fiegels another shot beginning this week. I mean, that has to be their preference, what they would like to do. And uh, I thought it was a good move to sit him out last week, let him just take a deep breath, try to regather himself. He's a kid that clearly uh, has issues with nerves and doesn't perform as well in games as he does on the practice field. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he returns this week. I mean, he's the best punter on the team, and they just need to get him to perform in games. Has Venzel Bulware progressed, or has Jahir Jones regressed? Uh, I don't think Jahir Jones has regressed. I think he's always been an average guy. He's an older guy that came here, has been in the program a few years, and hasn't been really able to to get into the starting spot. And he started out the year as the starter, they are challenged at guard, let's be honest. I mean, in, a, in an ideal world, I don't think he, he gets that starting position. But uh, 
And I think when you bring Venzel Bulware from Tennessee into this program as a graduate transfer, you're bringing him here to play. You know, you're not bringing him here to watch Jaheer Jones. And uh, at the same time, he's got to come in. He's got to get used to being in the program. He's he has to learn the playbook. He's he's got to get the trust of the coaches. So it could be easier said than done. But uh, I think Venzel has been progressively playing better, and he probably does. He deserves to start. He's been playing a little better than Jaheer Jones, and I I think they'll continue to play Jaheer. But, you know, so, yeah, I would say Venzo Boulware has progressed and he's progressed to the point where they should be starting him because he's earned it. Will Nikozi Perry be a superstar here or is Jaron Williams going to eventually be better? Man, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. I, I can't predict that right now. I mean, we've seen Nikozi for – uh, a few quarters against FIU and and against a, a, a pretty bad North Carolina team where he threw 12 passes. Uh, I can't predict superstardom at this point, and I don't know, you know, when or if he he will do something on the field that will make us say, "Wow, he's going to be, you know, the next Deshaun Watson or you know something along those lines." So we'll see. I, I know Jaron Williams is very well regarded by the coaches. I, I think that. Uh, there's the expectation that he will challenge Nicosi at some point. It might not be till spring practice or fall practice, um, but there, I think there's the expectation with his physical skills that he will be a legit challenger to Nicosi Perry as the program moves forward and you know into next year. Uh, but right now, this is Nicosi's show, and this is his opportunity, and he needs to seize the moment if he wants to be a star or a superstar or wants to be the future of the quarterback position at Miami. And a lot of that starts on Saturday. You know, this is a steady progression in degree of difficulty from FIU to North Carolina and now to Florida State. Now, Florida State still has a decent defense, and uh, it's going to be the best that Nikozi Perry has ever seen in his life. Okay? He never saw better at Ocala. He didn't see better against FIU, and he didn't see better against North Carolina. So this is going to be the best defense that Nikozi Perry has seen in his life. And that's a good thing because you want him to be tested. You want to see what you have there. And um, obviously this is his grand opportunity to kind of get a leg up on Jaron Williams. But uh, I do think Jaron has at worst an equal skill set to Nikozi Perry might be a little different, might not be quite as nimble on his feet as Nikozi is, but maybe he's got a little bit better arm and maybe he's a little bit better uh, on the cerebral side of the game. But, but you know, at the same time, maybe Nicosi having this game experience elevates him in that regard. And, and, and you know, so my, my point here is we really can't predict who's going to be the quarterback of the future here and which one's better than the other right now. We just don't have any basis to judge that. All right, 563-999-3633. This is last call. If you want to get in on the show, you, you hit that number right now and smack the number one on your keypad, and I'll get you on. In the meantime, uh, let me see if our friend in the, two, in, in the 203 is ready to come on the show. 203, you're live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? What are you doing? Damn it, you told you to eat food and then put it back here. All right. 
yeah, I mean, come on. Who told you to eat food and then put it back? Jesus. And who told you to hit the one on your keypad if you weren't ready to come on the show? All right, you'll try again next week. All right, guys, I want to thank everybody that participated tonight. Uh, I want to thank Stephen McGuire, man, for that great job he did on the Sicilian Oven point-counterpoint segment. Uh, uh, just another in a long line of great former Kane players who have come on this year and done a great job on this show. I want to thank Sicilian Oven once again for sponsoring this year's Kane Sport Live show. And like I said earlier, guys, if you're looking for a place to go eat before the game, before you head to the stadium on Saturday, no better place to stop at than Sicilian Oven where they've got those great pizzas and, and wings and pretty much every kind of Italian-style food you could ever want, eggplant parm, uh, all kinds of shrimp dishes. If you don't want Italian food, they've got soups, sandwiches, salads, pretty much anything you could want to eat, you can get at Sicilian Oven. So think about visiting the plantation location at the Fountains Complex on University Drive. If you're coming from the north, down the Hard Rock. If you're coming from the east, go over to Aventura and 205th in Biscayne and check out that location. And then shoot up Ivesdary Road. It's a, it's a straight 10, 15-minute shot right to the stadium from that location. And then I told you about the other locations in Lighthouse Point, Coral Springs, Boca, uh, and then the, the location on Oakland Park Boulevard in Fort Lauderdale that has the full liquor bar. Maybe you go there Friday night and uh, get yourself all lathered up to get ready to do some intense cheering at the Rock on Saturday. As Florida State comes to town, there's still Florida State. May not have the sexiness that they've had in the past, but they are still the Knowles. And uh, that's always a great moment in the football season. So thank you again, everybody, for listening tonight and participating. And uh, go Canes, and we'll see everybody at Hard Rock on Saturday. And um, those of you that are watching on TV, have a great time. And we'll see everyone back here next Tuesday night. Good night, everybody.